Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Radar. Comedy Hits Channel 99 show I used to do, the Ron and Fez show, uh, here, weirdly in the afternoon, but the same phone number, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'm in here with the uh, people I used to do radio with, used to? Chris Stanley, hey. Shelby Lynn, what Michelle up? with one L, Hello. and Fez Watley, who can't seem to get the laptop computer working. But is very comfortable and relaxed with it. Fez, get it working. It's freaking me out that it won't come on. Why is it freaking you out? Because it's supposed to come on and it reconfigured itself today and now it's taking forever to reboot. Is that what it's doing? (laughs) That's what it's doing. Do you know no comfortable person in the world ever talked like this? Uh, hi, I'm John F. Kennedy, <laughs> and I'm not happy with myself. You see, you got to take the hands and just slap them down. Uh, Michelle, yesterday you were here for a real fuzz meltdown. I was, and maybe we're even the cause of it. I might have been in a lot of. I'm, I'm generally a, 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 a is it a catharsis? Nope. I don't know what that means. I don't have a dictionary in front of me, but uh. I don't use that anyway. I got the app. On my iPhone. I used to carry a dictionary around. Why would I do that anymore? Chris Stanley. Yeah. What kind of, uh, what do you want? What kind of book do you go to? I try, I don't, usually don't go to books. No books? Yeah. I mean, I used to have, like, I used to have, like, a nice thesaurus when I would take with me to school. What's another word for that? <laughs> other word book? Other word book. Well, that's three words. Kids, grab your other word books. <laughs> You know words, right? Well, this one tells you other words. They mean the same. I'm uh, doing a new app right now where I'm doing words with enemies, and I'm just playing games against ISIS. (laughs) And it's so much fun. You can't be giving them stuff to do during their downtime. 
Oh, you know what I've been uh, having so much fun lately is sending out dick pics. And <laughs> it's just, I just send them out. I guess I'm in the new fappening. I don't know. Oh, God. Are you just doing it on, by accident? Randomly. Just oh. randomly. Are you sending them to Chris Stanley because you know he loves those dicks? I don't. He does. I don't like dicks. He loves dicks. a dick. I want a dick. No. Hey, who's got a big dick? <laughs> Send me your pick. I like a dick. Wasn't that this you is... saying, didn't you go up to a glory hole, get on your knees, and just go... <laughs> no, that was... <laughs> put it right there, partner. I don't want my head fucked. Would you actually say, put it right there, partner? Because he's wearing his little... <laughs> he is a cowboy. Pew, pew. Yeah. Now, while everybody else is having fun and being silly, you're feeling tense, Fez? Yeah, because, well, I'm just trying to get the computer started because you know what they say, a watch computer always reboots really fastly. They do always say that. <laughs> Stop being mean. Come on. Sorry. Today is a very big day for Fez Watley, as well as uh, for Shrekalove and everybody out there. I didn't even know this was all going down, but apparently the company is very excited. <laughs> October 18th, 2013, a gift was given that would change the face of time forever. Oh yeah. my goodness, so, a new shirt? Thank you, Shreka. It's a little less flashy than your one today. And now, one year later, Fez has still not changed his gay shirt. And Fez, I have to admit, you're a million times better than you were yesterday. You think so? Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm being honest here, my new gay shirt, I am dying in my new gay shirt. Sirius XM and Raw Dog congratulates Fez Watley on one year without changing his shirt by pushing through the adversity and doubters to pull off a bit that no one could even see. Here's to one year of wearing the same shirt, Fez, and to many years ahead. I don't even know the song. What's the song we're dealing with? It is Sweet Victory by David Isley. It's a great tune. Not familiar with it. Well, happy shirt day, everybody. Happy shirt day. Happy shirt day. Happy shirt day, everybody. Happy shirt day to you. Happy shirt day, Thank everybody. You. It's shirt day. Happy you know, day. I I haven't had this much fun since first grade smocks. <laughs> Bring one of your dad's shirts in and wearing it backwards. Remember when they would ask you to do that when you paint it? Yeah, I love And I that. went home and I said, now I'm going to need one of my dad's shirts to wear backwards. And my mom goes like this, you're not going to ruin one of your dad's shirts. Wear one of your shirts backwards. <laughs> and I just screamed, I have to have dads! <laughs> <laughs> what about those children who had no fathers? That's... <laughs> right? Fuck oh, those kids. What? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like oh, that's right. Your dad died, right? Yeah, he passed oh. away. Why even bring that up? I was an adult at the time. I'm just thinking. My dad loved me enough to stay alive. I don't know if love alone keeps someone alive. Do I know you? that for sure? Well, you know that a child's care should have kept him alive. Oh, if you love your dad enough, dick. he'd still be here. Really? You're going to question that? Well, no, I, I didn't like him, so maybe. Ah, oh, well, there you go. Do, 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 do. Hey, uh, Tom. Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Big yeah. ass card, 5298. Oh, that's old school. God, what can we do for you? Uh, great Bennington show today. I had a follow-up question for you. You mentioned that you've been enjoying some 
I think you said David Hockney backyard swing painting. Oh, hold on. I do not uh, cross over show to show. <laughs> oh, no. That would be too oh. weird. So, uh, December, uh, October 31st, catch me on the Bennington show, <laughs> and I'll pick it. it up right there. But it would be odd, you know what I mean, <laughs> to bring that show, a show about the arts, into this show, a show about finger blasting and <laughs> snowballing. You know, most of the time I'm. Sirius XM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Big Jay Okerson. Oh, Fez. It's Jay Okerson here, man. Super proud of you. Who thought? Who thought when you got that shirt that you would have made it a whole, a whole year, man? Here's a, here's a congratulations, and, and let's do it another one. Let's just keep going, man. Let's ride this thing out. Uh, if anyone can do it, you can, buddy. And and I love you, and I'm proud of you. And it doesn't even smell that bad. So, here's another year. More shirt. 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 Um, he seemed like he wasn't into it at first, but then when it went on, he really got his chant more shirt. Yeah, well, I think he started thinking about the that shirt. That crescendo, man. Yeah. Well, that's Big J. All about the crescendo. That's Big J for you. Big J from Philly. Uh, and believe me, if you guys are impressed with one year of Fez wearing a shirt... Wait till it's ten years. I think that's when he'll finally get his tenure. What do you get when you are uh, anniversary for ten years? Is that wood? Oh, that's so dirty. Nasty. Oh. I get oh, it. Did I? He gets wood. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a diamond. Ten years is a diamond. Hmm. That was fifty. The diamond. I thought it was silver. How long were your parents shacked up? Uh, let me think. Twenty years. He doesn't know. I don't. I don't. No, no, it was 20 years. It was 20 years. Nah. So you were the bastard son. Nah, I didn't You were the bastard son of 10,000 maniacs. He looks a lot like Natalie Merchant. I get that a lot. Uh, Jason, Rochester. Hey, guys. Sound great. Yeah, it really is. Um, so Jeff Tweedy just released an album with his son, so I was wondering maybe if the Benningtons and Tweedies can go on a duet like musical tour later uh, this fall? Um the the easy answer is no. Not interested. Oh, sorry, man. Uh peace. Although I know what song I would be doing. La 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 I know you did a big song for us today, Michelle, I, with Ronell. I'm really, if you would like to not play that, that is totally fine. You've made up a song for Artie, right? <laughs> it was very quickly made up. This is for Artie Lang, and she said, I don't know if you guys want to bring Artie into this, so let's just take a listen. No, Oh, I'm have God. to loop that a couple wow. of times. No, no, no. Let it go. Wow. You get it? No. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. That's four, Artie? Yeah, it was that bad. Never again. 
I wonder what Artie will say as we're doing, bringing him in. He's going to ask you to stop it and leave. Would you do me a favor and lip sync to that? Nope. Even though I should say yes, I'm saying nope. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. How come you can't use the Beatles? You were going to do an Artie Lang thing. Uh, I just can't. We don't have the rights or something? Um, yes. Beatles are very hardcore about their rights. They really don't like you to mess with their stuff. You know, one of the things that I first started doing when I started radio was a bit called Beatles on the Beach. And then I had made the announcement <laughs> on the air in Florida that I was putting the Beatles back together. And it looked like we had them. And what I was doing, I was going to put them out on a raft and then they would play to the whole beach, and then I would put sharks in the water to swim around to protect them from anyone trying to swim out. And then I would call their record companies and pitch this idea, and they they would go from amused to really angry on it. And I would get other people, I forget who we'd call like Bad Finger or whatever, and said, look... You guys were around a lot, and some you're going to need to fill in. Some of them were very into it. We actually got Pete Best on the air, and um, he said, no, I don't want to have anything to do with those guys anymore. Mm. They threw me out in the street. He was a mailman, and they went on with the Beatles without him. And, like, he was in the Beatles right up until they got on the fucking plane like to come to the Sullivan show. That's just harsh. You'd think they would have thrown him some money. Yeah, a little bit. Just Like, to... look, I know we fucked you over. You didn't get the full ride. Or Here's little 800. girls who wanted him. Just give him a little girl. Not too little. Yeah, not too, not minor. Like 17. What are you looking for there, Fed? Good enough. Artie's information is wrong for when he comes in. He loves being that guy. But but the song is so bad that he won't come in. Oh, he's coming in. Nope. Why wouldn't he come in to a song like that? You <laughs> <laughs> can see the one thing that's there. Midnight. That's what we changed it to. What, do we have it at 11? 11. No, it's midnight. After midnight. We don't know You got enough time to do that? I had, After I had, midnight. I had, I had 15 minutes. Um, Andrew, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Great job this morning. Uh, I want to tell Michelle that Artie is recently single, so she might have a chance. Oh, that's are something you, to think about. Are you single now, too? No. But... It's something that you would never have an affair outside your marriage. Inside my marriage. Uh huh. But outside? Like when you guys pick up hitchhikers. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, Jason, Panic in Detroit. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, before I get to my point, I just want to say death, taxes, and Fez's shirt. Um, Ron, after doing such a great show this morning, does it feel like you've been demoted to the triple A, double A Mexican it does. mall? Oh, come on. Here's what it feels like. It feels like, you know, you went out and eaten at a great five-star restaurant, right? And then you come back to the Run of Fez show, and they said, here's a snow shovel full of shit. I don't And you have to finish <laughs> oh, wow. it. Wow. Human or animal? No, it's human shit. Oh. Oh, God. Yeah. And the person that shit it out was eating shit before that. <laughs> it's shit reduxed. I didn't even think of it that way. It's meta shit. Yeah. Now, you know, want to know what's sweet? I come walking up here early this morning, and Chris was out front. Aw. Did you guys hug it out? Yeah. We blew it up. 
Was yeah, and I was like, I, I, I actually told you not to show. Yeah, that was a beer for the lunch. And Shelby was also here. Yeah. Just for support. Just and Fez, and the, you've had that same shirt. Oh. Boy, he's Solinzies. Solinzies this morning. You know, if there's one thing I can say to you, Fez. Sirius XM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Sam Roberts. Hey, Fez. It's Sam. I just want to say congratulations on achieving this major, major accomplishment. A lot of people said it couldn't be done. A lot of people didn't know you were doing it because you can't tell what shirt you're wearing when you're on the air. But the other people that did know you were doing it didn't think you would do it for a year. And you have. So, congrats. Wow. We got a lot of love for this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Some of these don't sound all that positive to me. It's like being the person evicted on Big Brother and you watch those videos <laughs> of the other house guests wanting to say goodbye. Oh. You're touched then. But kicked out. Um... Hey, Holly. Holly, how you doing? I'm doing great. Hi, Ron. Hi, Fez. Hi, Holly. Congratulations, Fez. I, when I saw you open that gift one year ago today in studio, I could never have imagined that you could accomplish this great feat. It seems like it went by really, really fast, though, doesn't it? It seems like yesterday, and... Um, I wish that I was there today to celebrate with you guys because it was a great memory meeting Shekalove and Liz Sets Fire and everybody and Narc Zito. It's one year later and he's still alive. Not only is he still alive, but there seems to be no effects from the brain cancer at all. No, it's totally crazy. He had his last scan, brain scan, hmm. last month and he's totally stable. And a year ago, we thought that he was going to be dead in a year. Isn't that amazing? Well, yes, the, you guys collected a lot of money for him, and maybe that saved the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, I just wanted to call in and say uh, congratulations, Fez. I'm happy, and I'm happy that you're okay. And, uh, Holly, congratulations to you on Rorschach. How long have you been doing your podcast now? It'll be two years in wow. next April, So, and it's doing really well. It's all about me with 4Es.com. We're on More Like Radio, the number one Internet radio station in the world, and uh, we're heard on Saturdays from noon to 2 Eastern time. So join us. It's a lot of fun, and uh, we have a blast. People seem to like us. We I can't imagine why, but they seem to like us, and they keep coming back every week. All right. Thank you so much, honey. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye. guys. Bye. Isn't that amazing how we got past that, that we, brain tumor? Totally, I guess, I guess the word is clean brain now. Clean, yeah, he's healthy, got a clean brain. Clean brain. It's a miracle. Mm. Hi, Holly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe. Hi, Holly. Hi, Holly. Hi, Holly. You're a, on the phone. We got a, a shirt. One year. Well, oh, that shirt's something else. Uh, let's hear the Are You Lying song again. Can no, please, yeah. oh, yeah. guys, come on. No, you yeah. I love Artie Lane. So put him up on Broadway, baby. I love Artie Lane. Come and hear him in with Ron and Fizz. <sighs> I'm going to play 
a few times in a row. No, it's in. okay. No, nope, nope, nope. I mean, it's only ten seconds. It's ten seconds too long. Uh, Sean, Sean, you're on the run of the first show. Hey, Ronnie, moving by. Hey. Hey, I had a little, uh, I love the song, by the way, Michelle, but I wanted to put a little spin to it. Oh, sure, spin doctor it. Yeah. I hope it. Oh, Fez, it's Bridge, love, Hi, Sean. Balls. Put them in his mouth and push them around. Paris loves talking balls. Loves three fingers in his anus. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that song. That's the best. That's what I'm going to do next time. Thank you. Everyone teases him for being the Ron and Fez show gay. <laughs> Constantly, people just think, oh, there's, there's Chris. He sucks dick, doesn't he? he just, Hi, Chris. Hey. Hi, Chris. <laughs> But I want to let everyone know, not gay. No? I don't. No, I don't blow dudes. You, oh, you suck, All the way. dude. No, 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 no. Bye then. I mean, you don't have to. Just that doesn't make you gay. Totally straight. If you say so. Mm-hmm. Me hey. think the lady doth protect too much. <laughs> Why the extra tongue, Ralph? That part I don't get. Chris knows. Oh no, no, I do not. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's tonguing some balls. <laughs> Everyone's lives by Fez. You don't like these jokes, huh? No, and I'm glad Chris gets to see what it's like to be on the other side of them. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Kay. I'm getting attacked for being gay. Can, is it awful? It's awful. Yeah. God, God knows. Does it feel like bullying? I, I am getting bullied. Yeah. There's some goddamn conception out there that I'm just blowing strangers in bathrooms. Bully, bully. Uh, here's our buddy Arch. Hey, Arch. You know, I was wondering, hey, if that uh, shirt Fez has worn for a year, is that just in studio, or did he wear it to the Unmasked with Dane Cook? Is he going to wear it to the Dick Cavett Unmasked? Yes, he does wear it everywhere. Wow. And it's quite lovely. It is lovely. The only time he didn't wear it was when David Brenner passed away, and he came in looking like a guy who mows the football field at the local high school. I did not know this, so we're not even at one year. We did never, the day that David Brenner passed away, you know, that he didn't wear his shirt. Holy shit. So we've got to restart. New clock. For one year. <laughs> New clock. All New these, clock. All these things are useless. Sirius XM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Louis J. Gomez. What's going on, Fez? Real ass dude, Puerto Rican rattlesnake, Louis J. Gomez here. The man of your dreams is here to say congratulations on making it one whole year with wearing the same exact shirt. No one thought you could do it, but you did it, man. Seriously, you look sexy, you look fit. Love you. It's been seven months and two days, then. It's not a year. Wow. Oh, so close. You've got to be excited with your seven months and two days. Another five months and you'll have a year. Yeah, I have to uh, wear into the spring. It'll be fashionable again in springtime. It's fashionable year-round. So today we had a one-year anniversary torn from us. We've got all these other stupid people saying... I bet they're beautiful, not stupid. Yeah, but we should have just had them say happy... Seven months, two seven days. Seven months. 
What do you do? You go off and just wear regular clothes when you're not working, huh? Well, I had come in on a Saturday, and that's when David Brenner died. And I remember I just kind of rolled out of bed. I don't wear it to sleep. Oh, so here we Here all this time we thought we had something. Bullshit. Oh, God. <sighs> but it really could have been his PJs. It was a, it I was wonder a what night. else he fucking lies about. More lies. I, I wonder if that's even a real mustache. Pull on it. Moustache. Pull on it and see if it plays Jingle Bells. <laughs> it's good that you're back, too. You, you've been off for a little while, too, right? I went to a water... I mean, a funeral. Yeah, okay. Everybody loves a water park. Oh, I love it, especially in fall. <laughs> hey, could you do me a favor and move some of these leaves out of here? I'm trying to slide. I can't get enough friction. Um, you don't you need do friction th- when you go down. That might. We- oh, oh, dirty joke. Awful. When you were a kid, did you used to pile the leaves up and dive into them, or you didn't have enough of those crusts? There weren't enough leaves around. <laughs> you just dive into the trees. There were a lot of trees in the streets of Story. They don't grow in. Queens, they grow in Brooklyn. A tree grows in Brooklyn. Heard of that? Yeah. It's a book. Yes, I know. You could actually read it. There's another book that he grew up reading called An STD Grows in Queens. (laughs) (laughs) Probably chlamydia. Shelby, as much as I'm hurt by what you said today, I do give you full benefit for being honest. Fez Watley celebrating seven months. Two days. Seven months, two days. It's a year of wearing the same shirt to work. That's not the same as wearing the same shirt all the time. And that day we did work. It was a long day. Yeah, we did. Yes, it was unexpected when David Brenner passed away. March 15th, 2014. The day the streak died. The day the short streak died. (laughs) And we were singing, Fez lied, and he lied, and he lied. <laughs> he doesn't sleep in his shirt or with some other guy. <laughs> See, we could have done this stuff. I, you know, instead, I instead of instead, play this. No, 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 no. no, no. Um, hey, Richard, Toronto. Hi, how you doing? Good. Uh, I just wanted to say that the new interns are doing a pretty fantastic job. Uh, my question is, has Fez been washing that shirt? And if I could give you one question for Artie, if, see if he can come clean about really what happened at DirecTV. I mean, he was in the hospital with a diabetic overdose, and then the next week he was saying his farewells five months early. It seemed like his show was fantastic. I listened all the time, and I'm wondering what happened. Well, Fez got up and left the room. I think because it brought up the... I think Fez has been doing this, replacing the shirt. You know what? If you wear the same shirt every day, it's going to get tattered. It's just going to get destroyed. Tattered, tattered. And that thing looks pretty pristine. Oh, it's nice. It's nice. We've been just lied to for a fucking year. You Shelby guys feel like him. shit? Shelby, try to find out what else he lied about, okay? Put a full full court press on his ass. He's actually married to more than one woman. I would not be surprised if Fez had an outside family. I'd love it. How do you think his his uh, cousin, uh, niece is doing? Lost the baby. Really? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
No, if she does, it'll be extra bad. Oh, that'll be the worst. I'll pray for that for days. So sorry for your loss. But you were doing sex outside <laughs> of the marriage. <laughs> he was so shocked that day because he was so sure that we were all going to join in with him. It's 30. We got Artie ready? Artie's ready, yeah. All right, we're going to play this big song? Yeah, I'm going to play this song for him. No, I'm bring gonna... him into something. Okay. okay. Oh. Why should he right, feel okay. humiliated? Thank All right, I'll, you. I'll, I'll bring him into something. But else. you can take him out to that. Okay. No, you don't have to. studio with us and this is a big day for you Artie. it is yes you've got the big special tonight tomorrow night tomorrow night it is tomorrow night on comedy central it's my third stand-up special my second one with them they're, they're very nice to me over there it's called Artie lang the stench of failure and it's uh, tomorrow night at midnight on Comedy Central. How long does it take you to put something like this together? This is my third stand-up special that I've done in 10 years. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's not a bad pace if you're a comic who's not George Carlin or somebody right. like that. Uh, if you got a bunch of other stuff going on. Because in that same amount of time, I wrote two books. I, I wrote and shot a movie that I promoted, and mm -hmm. I was on the radio almost every day. So, uh in the mornings, mostly. So that's a pretty good pace to put out an hour of material. It is. It's actually true when you start to think about it. Yeah. Because it, it, it does take you a while before you have that hour that you're really saying, I want this to be part of history. Well, yeah, you're right. When you do the special, you're like, uh, you could tour for three years with it, and you could kill in Milwaukee on a Saturday night that nobody sees, and you're like, well, that's the best I ever did that material, and then you go to tape it for a special, and it's not as good, and you get disappointed. I think every stand-up would tell you that every special they've done, if they've done them, they've actually performed it better uh, at some obscure night. Right. And it just breaks your heart. Like in Winnipeg, you did it better one night on the yeah. Thursday. And you can't think like that because you will go crazy. Uh, but I'm proud of all three specials. They came out good, you know. Yeah, I think the same thing happens for actors when they go and see the director picked certain things. Yes. You know, and you're like, what Oh, the, God, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> well, sometimes, with a guy like Scorsese, at least you trust him. Right. You know, uh, I work with Bob Saget on a film, and you don't have, you know, I love Bob, I don't have that same Scorsese-type trust. <laughs> not gonna lie. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that uh, that can be really heartbreaking, because with, uh, I, I saw a great interview once with Christopher Walken, where he, he talked about movie acting, and he just said, look, I just give him, I'll give a director three choices. I'll do it one way, this way, the other way, and then they got three to pick from. He seems pretty casual about it. You know? Right. Uh, you know, but there's always one in your head that you know you like the best. But I also wonder if a guy like Walken even likes movies as much as we do. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, some of yeah, those I, guys... I know what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. Some of those guys, they're just like, hey, it's a job. And for us, we'll sit and watch a movie over and over and be crazy about it. Well, a guy like Walken is so just naturally charismatic. He could just... He could kind of phone it in. It'll be insanely interesting interesting like everything he does is interesting you know mm -hmm. uh quirky and 
I also read where his deal is like, you got me for two weeks for 500 grand. Give me 500 grand, I'll give you two weeks, and I'll shoot a movie. And uh, the clock starts now. You know? yeah. And uh, it's even when he's in a movie that sucks, it's rare that he's bad in a movie, yeah. even if the movie's terrible. You know. So, yeah, but I agree with you. Some guys, especially with De Niro now, he's just cranking them out because it, he wants to keep flying black supermodels to Paris, I guess, once <laughs> yeah. a month. You know? <laughs> yeah. And you got to keep, you got to make Meet the Fockers <laughs> six and seven if you're going to do that. Yeah. And everyone's acting like your movie sucks, but he's getting blown on a jet. What does he care? He wins. You know, yeah, you got me. He wins. Yeah, I guess it is pretty terrible. I, I remember that the first time I, I saw the Tommy Lee, uh, Pam Anderson video on the yacht, and they said, what do you think? I mean, it's got my best week, MB. <laughs> well, you know, my best weekend involves winning a bet on the Nick game and maybe getting a blowjob by the tunnel. Uh, he's, he's, he's winning. He's winning. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't a great blowjob, but it was convenient. Yeah, it was and it right might not there. even have been a chick, but it was there. <laughs> it was right. Very convenient. The, t- the tunnel. <laughs> They should actually do a thing where she'll blow you from one end of the tunnel to the other, and that's it. It's up to you that's fine. whether you come or not. That's fine with me. Yeah. And if you see the Adam's apple, as long as it's at the very end, you're fine. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. These celebrities' lives, uh, you know, again, like De Niro, there's a lot of critics. And I'm one of them. I'm one of those assholes who love his career in the 70s. And I go, well, he's ruining his legacy, blah, blah, blah. Give me another raging bull, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, no, I, I want to keep taking a private jet to the Bahamas. You know? I, I am wondering, has anyone not let us down? Like, how do you feel, let's say, about a Jack Nicholson? Well, if you're around, it's a good point. If you're yeah. around long enough, if you don't die, uh-huh. uh, you probably will eventually let people down. I think I certainly have. I think uh, on a much bigger level, Nicholson, I'm sure, has. Yeah. Uh, I think um, any ball I think player. Like, uh, John Belushi might have eventually let. Yeah. He was starting to, according to some people. Jimi Hendrix would have started putting out yeah. shit, you know, probably. Look, the Stones stayed alive long enough to put out uh, the last 20 years of their career, which, you know, we, Harlem Shuffle we had to sit through. <laughs> yeah, you know? right. And they just tour as their own cover band now. But eventually, you lose the fire, you lose the anger that makes you an artist and comedy and rock and roll, I think, are the same. Even acting, what you're putting to it. And, and you start to, you can't help but sell out. You know? How about Carlin for you, though? I mean, it seemed like Carlin... Carlin was a guy, he wasn't yeah. infected by Hollywood and movies. He was, it actually helped his stand-up career that his movie career bombed. Because yeah. I think he gladly would have transitioned to the movies, but nothing was going for him. And that was the same with sitcoms. So he had it to make the money and stay accustomed to the lifestyle he had. He had to keep cranking out the stand-up. And it was great for us as stand-up yeah. fans. He never moved to L.A. <laughs> and did the whole, uh, you know, fuck it, I'm going to... Do a shit movie, and yeah. he kept writing good stand-up. His stand-up, even at the end, it was just so disgusting. Angry. With, yeah, angry, yeah, angry with America and even human beings. You got to read his last book. It's called uh, Last Words. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, it's so great because it's like he knows he's going to die, mm-hmm. and he just takes his time to just spout vitriol, people he hates. <laughs> Everybody takes a beating because he knows he can't burn any bridges because he's going, yeah. and he's leaving about 200 mil to his family who aren't in show business. <laughs> so what they give that? He just lets it go. That's a good book to read. Last Words by Carlin. I would recommend uh, Artie's new special, Artie Lang, The Stench of Failure, debuts this Saturday, midnight on Comedy Central. Third one that you've done, second 
for Comedy Central. Yes. And you're happy with this one, Artie. I am. Yeah. I am. I really am. I, uh, you know, it's, it takes a lot of work to get these done. And like you say, uh, the way you usually do it is you, you get a theater. That Comedy Central got me a beautiful theater in Newark, which is my hometown, and uh, made it look like my uh, the street I grew up on and that my father grew up on. And uh, uh, my family came. And the crowd was great, and uh, I really, uh, I really am proud of it. Yeah, isn't it good you didn't have to do something in some town that you didn't feel that connection to? My first one was in Tempe, Arizona, because mm -hmm. I thought maybe that would help, uh, and it came out great. I'm very happy with it. But as I got uh, deeper into my career, the second one, the one I did a few years ago, I did in New York at a club because it was more intimate, and that got a little better. Then I just said, "Fuck it, I'm, I'm just going to do one in my hometown now of Newark." The next one might be from my kitchen. I don't <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. You're just sitting in your kitchen. Why not? Some folks laying around. I could get intimate. How's everything going for you? You okay? You doing all right? I could drop a few pounds. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, I uh, I'm clean and sober and uh, thinking clear. I don't gamble. I'm bored as shit, but uh, yeah. I'm alive, you know, so uh, I don't have Ebola. Mm -hmm. I guess that's the best. And yeah. the ISIS doesn't have me uh, with a knife to my neck. I mean, what else can I say? You know, uh, you know, when we go through this stuff and you see what happened with Robin Williams. I know, yeah, you, brutal. Yeah, it's like you almost can't be sure about anybody. Right, no, you know? right, absolutely. Um, I'm sure Robin Williams might flip through the channels every once in a while and see the, catch the Kardashians and see the life Scott Disick is leading and go, where's the, where's the nearest tie and closet door, you know? <laughs> uh, you see that and you wonder how he fucking didn't do it uh, before. Uh, alimony payments, uh, you know, it, it, it sounded like he, he dug his own, hell, his version of hell. Yeah. Not, not an average guy's version of hell. I mean, uh, an average guy in the Midwest going to his job as an assistant plumber doesn't want to hear that, uh, Robin Williams was forced to sell his home in Napa to try you know, right. get through the hard times, but everything's relevant, you know. It is true, though, like that, that you come up with those ex those excuses, and they're probably not even the thing. No, that got to him. Yeah, you never know what's going through somebody's head, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think with him, the real tragedy is if someone was with him, and I'm not trying to place any guilt on people in his life, you know, they were doing their own thing. But if somebody was with him in that room and just sort of talked them through that ten minutes, I bet he'd still be here. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you, you just get a dark place you go to. And you need somebody there to get you out of it. Yeah, and everybody has that 10 minutes sooner or later. Yeah, you know? yeah, and you got to hope you don't know how to tie a knot. <laughs> it's, <laughs> but it's always the human experience. It isn't easy. No, it isn't. Yeah. It isn't. Absolutely not. And it, we make it harder on ourselves. Yeah. Uh, but it isn't easy to begin with. You're right. Yeah, it was never easy on Jesus. Even he was like, what? No, and Jesus didn't have, you know, electricity and plumbing. <laughs> and Think about it. How awful his robe must have stunk. <laughs> Probably had shit all over the back of that robe. See, they never bring that up. <laughs> yeah. There's no point. Yeah. Yeah. But you could ask. I mean, I guess so you could be in church and just ask. Yeah. What did he do to What play? were the plumbing facilities? Did he ever wash that <laughs> fucking robe? At some point, he's like, this robe, I can't stand another day in this robe. Just nail me to a cross. <laughs> well... By the way, did he make the cross? I mean, since he was a carpenter? I think they forced him. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The fact that he was good with woodworking. And uh, that's well, that was the thing. It was like digging your own grave. I think that was right. part of the Roman torture. They made those thieves and everything... Uh, 
you know. He should have made it so weak, though, so it kept us cracking over. You know what? I guess he was too honest. <laughs> the motherfucker. <laughs> he was a good, yeah. honest laborer. And yeah. they're like, uh, you, you know, wanna... you don't pick the bad day to die. It's like, you know, dying with a famous person in the same plane crash. Those two thieves who were next to him. Yeah. They got no press at all. <laughs> you die on the same plane with a, with a famous guy and no one talks about you. It is true, These right? These two guys, you know, were... were Criminals who probably did well at the criminal acts, and they have to die on the day of our Savior. They get crucified the same fucking day. They get no press. Well, does Name, anybody you remember those names? I can't no. remember. <laughs> but they no always, one does. But they say nobody ever remembers the opening acts. So, right. you know. <laughs> you would, they, they were just like uh, the two Supremes with names you don't remember. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, but everyone remembers Barabbas, the guy who fucked him over. Got away. Away. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, it was uh, he was Diana Ross, and the other two were the <laughs> Diana Cross, if you will. <laughs> Diana Cross <laughs> and the Supremes. Artie Lang's hanging out with his his new special. Artie Lang, the stench of failure, debuts Saturday midnight on Comedy Central, and uh, Artie tells us he's doing well. But why do you call this the? The stench of failure. Well, over the years, I find that negativity is always funnier. That's what I've liked. And yeah. I go through my personal and professional life. One word comes up more than any, and that's failure. And I crowbar it into the title. <laughs> what the hell? And <laughs> in, in the meantime, though, you're still doing very, very well. Well, I mean, road. everything's relative. I don't have, again, I don't have Scott Disick's life, but uh, I have my life. <laughs> if you jump high enough to try to get to Scott Disick, you'd land at Artie Lang. So that's where I'm at. I, I'd like to be in better shape physically, but um, uh, <laughs> that being said, <laughs> you know. Is that, that's the last, that's the toughest thing for you, though, out of all the yeah, things well, you yeah, give well, up? I'll tell you, sugar, and yeah, you know, I just got diagnosed with diabetes. Sugar's the hardest drug to get, that's way harder than heroin yeah. to get off of. I've been doing that since I was one, you know. Uh, you, you, we get addicted to that in this country before anything. Sugar, carbs, and they say just stop doing that all of a sudden. That is difficult to do, you know. Yeah, it's a tough one to pull off. Um, because, like you said, you're into it for a long time. You yeah. don't even think about it. And then they tell you the other stuff, too. Dope, gambling, booze, and now all the food. What, what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. You can stay away from the gambling, though? That was a vice I liked the most. And for a while, that looked like it was going to be my worst thing. But, uh, yeah, I've been able to successfully stay away from that. Even during football season? Yeah. I, I don't have a bookie. I, I used to have a bookie. I don't have one anymore. I don't have a number to call. Thank God. I don't want a number to call. That's the worst. Uh, when you get in the most troubles, when you got a book who you don't have to lay the money down. You just can call. And yeah. Give me ten dimes and you're in trouble after that. Yeah, because you see it so Clearly, before the bet, oh, yeah. you sit down and you look at this, and you're saying, "How could they have made such a major mistake right. as five points?" You're right. These idiots. Even the Jets Patriots last night. You're thinking, if you're a Patriot fan, how are the Jets going to beat these guys? But then they cover. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, the, the, uh, you got to remember for gambling for gamblers, the Jets did not lose. Yeah. Uh, it's it's how it goes. I wonder if there could ever just be a sports network that does that, that actually gives the real. Well, there's a lot of it that they hint yeah. at it. They yeah. You could tell. <laughs> yeah. You could tell. There's enough money in illegal gambling. It's a billion dollar industry. A lot of sport. They do hint at it. We're like, uh, you know, uh, congratulations, if you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we're sorry to hear your Browns lost, but congratulations on the new car. <laughs> Looks like your kid's going to community college. Um, 
here is uh, here's Mike in Long Island. Mike, say hi to Artie. Artie, how's it going? Hey, Mike. What's up, buddy? Um, actually, it's funny. I'm actually uh, driving to outpatient right now. I'm in recovery from uh, heroin addiction, and I was just wondering, like, um, how how do you deal with being in the business and having the drugs around you constantly and the lifestyle? And how do you deal with like the boredom and being on the road and all that? It's a good question, man. It's very difficult. You know, you have to try to travel with the right people. Uh, you have to try to. There's a lot of comics out there who've been through the same troubles, and you got to try to find them and maybe travel with them and and have the people in your life who are like your road manager and such, maybe assistants who uh, stay clean and uh, don't make it a temptation. That's the only way to be around good people. That's how I battle it. I think in your life maybe you could do it uh, in your own way. You know. Yeah, like, oh, the number one thing I'm dealing with right now is, like, loneliness and just, you know, you have to change that whole different crowd of people, and it's hard. It is. When you've been around them for so long, I agree with you, man. Look, it's a tough road, but, you know, try to meet new people. It, it can happen because there's people out there who aren't weirdos who are in the same spot who you might find to be people who are potentially great friends for a lifetime. Right. And uh, I was just wondering, what do you, what is your opinion on, like, the whole 12-step process or... I like Anything. it. It's worked for yeah. me in the past. That's a big thing. The AA 12-step is something that has worked for me in, in the past. And uh, the people that I've met who have gone through the full 12-step program, a lot of them comedians, and really did the whole thing to the, to the full 12 steps to where they're helping people at the end, they are some of the happiest, nicest, most well-adjusted people I've ever known. So it works. There you go. Thanks, Mike. If you work it. <laughs> yeah, it works, if you work. Good luck. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Artie Lang sitting with us. He's got this new special, The Stench of Failure, debuting Saturday midnight on Comedy Central. And, of course, he recorded that in Newark, yes. New Jersey. Um, and that was a blast for you to do it in your hometown. Well, I grew up, uh, yeah, I was born in Newark, and I grew up two miles outside of Newark, right by Newark Airport. My whole family's from there. And, yeah, so it was fun. It was like a homecoming, you know. And they built a beautiful complex, the Performing Arts Center there, right by where the Newark Bears uh, minor league baseball team played. It's really a cool area. And for uh, people that don't know the area too much, you're never far from good food. No, well, that's some of the that Ironbound and the Down Neck section. Yeah. Uh, Portuguese and Italian food. Unbelievable. I used to work at the Port in Newark. That's another reason I picked this. In the early 90s, I was a longshoreman at the Port in Newark at the Orange Juice Piers. And we would get an hour and a half for lunch. That was the best union ever. And we'd go all around Ironbound and all around Down Neck for Italian and Portuguese food. Places like Tony DiCanica's Co. Pokey's Tavern, Zip Zips, Amelia's for Broccoli Robin, Fresh Mozzarella Sandwiches, Nasto's for uh, ice cream, and uh, cannolis filled with ice cream, uh, Napadano's bread. Uh, it's endless. Yeah, it is. Iberia, Spain, Spanish Tavern. It's absolutely endless. It's really funny. I, I think it, it beats the hell out of Manhattan. When, In a lot uh, of ways, it's unique, yeah. When people were coming to the Super Bowl and they're like, where can I come? And I'm like, you've got so many places to eat in Jersey right. before you go wasting your time paying these prices. Well, an orange you ship would uh, dock. Uh, three million gallons of orange juice would come in from Brazil. There'd be a gang of eight guys on the ship. They would say, uh, where's New York? And we point them to New York. They'd take a car. They'd come back with five hookers and cocaine, and 
they'd go on the boat, and they would have the best party for five days while the ship unloaded. We would join them. <laughs> and uh, eventually, we showed them the restaurants in Newark, and we were like, you're wasting your time. Just get your whores and your food here. <laughs> and there's blow all over the place. And we saved them a lot of, a lot of travel money. <laughs> that was one of the things I donated to Brazil. I'm like, what are you going to fucking Manhattan for? Go right down here, uh, you know, to Ferris Boulevard. You'll be fine. Uh, here's uh, Chris in Virginia Beach. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, Artie Lang. Love you, man. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, I remember the first day you went on Stern with uh, your friend Norm. Yes. And, and enjoyed your whole ride and uh, felt really sad when I heard what happened. And I'm, uh, I am pray for you. I've been through the same thing. Not quite as extreme, but... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I hope not. <laughs> but uh, I got through it, and I don't... I, I know I would never try it again. It's just to get to that low point, and you got to have somebody to turn to to get you through that 30 minutes or whatever it takes, you know? Yeah, I'm but, glad uh, you're doing good, buddy. I'm glad. Yeah. Hey, I was watching the, uh, this milk chocolate ranch you had on uh, your old show on uh, on uh, Direct TV. Milk chocolate ranch? Yeah, a rant, a rant, they called it. And it was about like 10 minutes long, and you were, you, you know, the one thing you enjoy every day is that glass of milk chocolate. And uh, the girls at your show did a little different, and you noticed it, and you and you uh, you had a real emotional time, I think, with that. You know, trying to explain it. it, was, it was, I was watching it. It was it was kind of scary because you know what was going on in your head, and you were talking about you know taking your life, and I was just wondering at what point did that show take place in your recovery. God, I don't even remember what you're talking about. A milk chocolate ramp. I, I think maybe they were making chocolate milk the wrong way and that depressed me. I don't know. I, uh, exactly. Is that exactly. what it was? Man. They yeah. made it the wrong way? Yeah. I did. Thank God it took place after my recovery. Way into it. <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to get through that. What's the proper way to make a milk chocolate? Well, they didn't put the proper amount of syrup in. Uh, and I like to do a parfait thing. Some of the bottom, some of the middle. And uh, they were just doing it improperly. Like a couple of Midwestern chicks. Blonde hair and blue eye who, you know, don't eat gluten. <laughs> Everybody loved that show that you were doing over there, and you had a good time doing it, right? It was fun. I, I lasted there for about three years. I was yeah. in contract, and I wanted to leave to do something uncensored again, which is what I'm going to go try and do. Where do you do you know where you're going to be doing that? Or? I'm probably going to do a podcast. Yeah. I'm probably gonna, and uh, truly uncensored for the first time. I'm going to give my the people who follow me a, a true sense of uh, of me, uh, like a truly uncensored version of a radio show. Like, I don't feel like I've ever done that before. So uh, uh, it's going to be fun. And where do you plan on doing it? From a studio or from oh, your I'm house? I'm going to do it from my uh, office at first. Yeah. I bought the equipment already. Did you? It costs like eight grand. It's amazing. I'm just going to like roll the dice and see. The numbers are thrown out there are incredible. And I can give the fans the best show I've ever done. So everyone wins in the beginning. And if it bombs, I'll just stop doing it. Uh, all right, that's fantastic, though. Uh, uh, yeah. I know Anthony just started doing his, and it's yeah. working out fantastic for him. Yeah, why not? And uh, like he said, you go directly to the fans. Why not? You know, why not? Uh, a lot of those guys that started that did it without having people that no, were already I know. following. I, I did the Howard Show and Direct TV and stand up and you know the books and everything while they were doing that. They sort of. Uh, shot down the doors and I'm going to walk through. Yeah. <laughs> now, do you know the date you're going to be starting? Hopefully in three weeks to a month. All right. Yeah, we're going to get really rolling with it. Uh, and just going at the Artie Lang show? or Right now it's uh, Artie Quitter. You go to Artie Quitter to hear all the details and you'll find out the title and that's how you follow me on Twitter. I'm giving out all the information there. It's at Artie Quitter, which is one word. R-D-A-R-T-I-E Quitter. 
All right, follow me on Twitter, at Artie Qu- uh, Quitter, and you'll be able to find out uh, where you can start in here. Artie, working directly to you. Uh, hey, uh, Baldy, you're on the uh, Run and Fest show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Sound yeah. like a million bucks. Hey, Artie, uh, any uh, consideration of having Mike Bichetti be your personal trainer now? No. Uh, I think Mike's seen some great results for himself, but I'm going to let him stick to his own roots there. Uh, I hope it works out for him. Um, I think uh, Mike still has stuff like the gout to contend with, but he did he did lose about 80 pounds. God bless him. Did he really take off that much? He did, yeah. That's fantastic. And now he's about 420. So <laughs> Artie Lang, good to see you again, buddy. You guys are good to me. I appreciate it. Ron Fez, all the guys. Thank you so much. Everybody's always pulling for you. And uh, you'll be able to check out the special Artie Lang, The Stench of Failure, debuts Saturday night on Comedy Central. That's midnight on Comedy Central. And here's the big news. Artie's going to be doing a podcast working directly to his fans. Check that out on Artie Quitter on Twitter. And we'll also put a link up. Thank you so much, buddy. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time. I appreciate a Philly guy, wakes up in the morning hoping Fez maybe really died. Hicks stays really high, Shelp has pretty eyes and lips like Lily Tide. Ron does the world's best interviews, Hicks drinks too much and will continue to. And Shelp has got DSLs, and you won't hear Fez until the live read interludes. If he talks, it's probably not new shit. Somebody's in the bathroom, he's probably not pooping. Hicks went to college, so he's probably not stupid. Shelby's got a bad gland, he's probably got lupus. Like a rap version of an unscreened phone. Sick movie raps, bro. Digging that run and fest show. Fez is all weird and sad. Digging that run and fest show. Never no turning back. Never, never, no, never no turning back. 866-10-FEZ. Announce who the winners is. Hicks can't do it because he can't pronounce Bennington. Bankman. Ronnie, what you give him so much shit for? Because he's the shitty mentor in the center. What the fucking fuck? Fez used to play a gay character. Now he's the oldest virgin in North America. He sits quiet as a cat bird. To get him talking, call to say the other F word. Fashion. And then it turns to the advice show. Blame it on his mom like the murder movie Psycho. And people start to add theories. He stands in the booth so he can fart in that clearly. Came out the closet, then he starts to act weirdly. Now he has a breakdown and a heart attack yearly. Digging that run and fest show. Shelby's got rotten glands. Digging that run and fest show. Never no turning back. Never, never, no, never no turning back. Yeah, shout out to Blowhard. Andy from Cleveland. Uh, John from wherever he's from And shout out everybody Janice What up uh, Sarah McPants What's up Liz says fire Trek of love Yeah Everybody but Lady Trucker Everybody but her Continue to ban Lady Trucker Forever Please Taking out around for show Now play that song And then I'll play no, the no, no, Artie okay. song like One this, after another That was actual music Yeah And then what I did is shit Artie loved it, your song <laughs> did not. Yeah 
Yeah. He said, that's going to take me back to drinking and doing dope again, buddy. Sorry. Good work, no. Michelle. Good work. No. You know, what am I supposed to do about I, it? I don't know. You're over there in Newark. No. <laughs> I can't believe I did that to a man. Digging out wrong for show. Did Cavett unmask that? is a piece of oh, shit. That's mean. Did Michael Open Mike Eagle really busted my balls. Who? Mike what? Open Mike Eagle. Mike Eagle. Mike Eagle. <laughs> Bay. Mike Mike Eagle. <laughs> To Cavett Up Mass, that's happening this Monday, October 20th at 1 p.m. at the SiriusXM Studios. Go to theinterrobang.com. There's tickets still available. Stickets. Stickets. SiriusXM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Lauren from down the hall. Fez, when I first heard that this was happening, uh, it put tears to my eyes. I never thought one man alone could accomplish this, but you did. And I'm so damn proud of you and happy for you. Happy one-year anniversary to you and your shirt. Digging out around Fez show. Well, now we found out it's only seven months and two days. days. Seven Seven months, months, two days. Well, another five months and we'll be able to use all these things, you know, one after another. Sirius XM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Dan Soder. Hey, it's comedian Dan Soder. And, um, wow, Fez, I just want to congratulate you on uh, what a year. The same shirt. We're so excited for you. You're the, you're the talk of the comedy community, and everyone's excited for for years to come of that that same shirt, always, always being there, always being there, like a loyal friend. That shirt is always there for you. So thanks, Feds. Thanks for making this little boy from Denver smile by wearing the same shirt every day. Here's to more years. Salute. Three more months. Did you say three? I, it's five. More months. Mm-hmm. Still, the important thing is it happened. But it's not how it happened or if it happened. It's just that it happened. It has No, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't been a year yet. It's a shappening. I guess. It's a shirt. Yeah. yeah? All okay. because David Brenner made Fez run in here without putting a shirt on properly. It's pretty un- I never even noticed that day. Well, that day was just crazy. It was like a Saturday. That day was cray cray. Crazy. God, yeah. You might think it's crazy. That shirt is crazy. Hey, who's stopping in here today? Paul Morrissey. Oh. Didn't write a song for that at all. Paul Morrissey. What would you write for him? I don't know. Mama Morrissey. How do you like him? How do you like him? He'll be in just a few moments. Okay. He's performing at the Egyptian Theater in Park City, Utah, Friday, October Holy shit, 31st. that's a good gig. That's, it's so beautiful there. Through yeah. Saturday, November 1st. For tickets and more information and more dates, go to <clears throat> paulhasawebsite.com. Now, how do I get those tickets and dates? you got to go to paulhasawebsite.com. What? Mm. Where is it? Paulhasawebsite.com. No, where is the show? No, like... Egypt, Park City, Utah. What theater? The Egyptian Theater. And the website... Paul has a website.com. She's never going to so tell So it's Paul has an Egyptian theater.com. Paul has gotcha. a website.com. 
And he also has new episodes of his podcast, the Alley-Oop Podcast, featuring Jim Gaffigan. Well, that's good. Ari Shafir and Stephen Tobolowski. Well. That's alleyooppodcast.com. This thing sounds great. Yeah. Things are going Paul's way. So in Highlander, he got eliminated. Ooh. Sad. That's mean. Most people lose, Chris. Everybody loses but one. There can only be one. You can't tie. I've under- I've found out recently. Look at Fez. We caught him in a tie. A horrible, horrible... David Brenner's death day. The Ides of March. It was. Yeah, beware of the Ides of March. Seven months and two days ago. And seven months and two days ago, our forefathers brought to the station. Today's we'll the 17th? Shirt. Yeah, today is the 18th. Well, then it was three days ago. Oh, you fucking I, idiot, I thought Chris. today was the 17th. Um... Joe, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, first of all, I'd like to congratulate Fez for one year anniversary wearing his shirt. Well, everybody's excited for that. Also, uh, it's a big week for anniversaries. You have uh, 30 years ago, uh, Pac-Man first to hit the arcades. Then you have uh, 20 years ago on October 14th, you have Pulp Fiction released in theaters. Yeah. 20 years. 20 years ago, 1994 for Pulp Fiction. Wow. 30 years ago, uh, another little film, um, Pac-Man. That was one of the funniest little films, though. Yeah. I could watch that beginning over and over. It only cost a quarter. And the ghosts died every time. Weird. Eventually. Uh, sometimes they killed you. I never, I never liked Pac-Man. I was always a missile command kind of guy. Mm. Pac-Man's hungry. <laughs> Paul's ready. Yeah, we'll bring him in. He's Come a person. <laughs> bring in Paul, please. Yeah. What do you got him lined up like he's a big star? Like it's Barack uh, Hussein Obama? Well, he doesn't have a song made for him by Listen, Michelle. I regret this, the first song, so I'm glad I don't have a second song. Paul, how you doing, buddy? Did- yeah, still awake, man. Could you do me a favor and put on your Beastie Boys uh, shirt before you come in? Oh, there. Good. You got it. Perfect. Good to see you. How's Paul, you know our friend Michelle, right? No. Nope. I don't think so. Hi. Hi Paul, Michelle. nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. You know, as long as we're all friends here, you know, that's all I care about. <laughs> I want everybody to get along. Paul Morrissey's going to be performing at the Egyptian Theater in Park City, Utah, Friday, October 31st through Saturday, November 1st. For tickets and additional tour dates, go to paulhasawebsite.com. And then check out his podcast, the Alley Oop Podcast. Go to alleyooppodcast.com. Right, let me see that. Let's see if you're ready to go off book right now. <laughs> okay. Can you sit oh, and do that plug oh, Jesus. without reading? Okay. Paul Morrissey's going to be at the Egyptian Theater in Park City, Utah, Friday, October 31st through Saturday, November 1st. Go to paulhasawebsite.com for tickets and additional tour dates. And you can check out the Alley Oop Podcast featuring Jim Jaffigan and Ari Shafir at alleyooppodcast.com. Uh, you have it up in front of you. you Where is it? Son of a bitch. No, I don't. <laughs> you piece of garbage. I'm not lying. It was memorization. No. <laughs> I memorized that. Look, you got caught lying. I'm not so lying. Why? This is the day of lies. I'm yeah. a truth teller. You've had that. This is plan. a house of lies. I'm sorry. What is it, Chubbs? Yeah, I think he's had that plug in front of him since David Brenner passed away. <laughs> the same day he wrote that. You catch everybody on the Brenner stuff, don't you? He's obsessed with that day. Yeah. Never talks about Caesar. No. 
So what's been happening with you, Paul? Uh, just uh, catching up on all the documentaries you mentioned. What documentaries are you into lately? Well, Muscle Shoals might be my favorite it's one a good, It's ever. a damn good one. And I heard, just heard about that from you. I just watched one on the group The National. Oh, that thing's that great, yeah. Yeah, about his brother? Yeah, was, his brother's that kind of Zach Galifianakis kid. Yeah. It's fantastic. That one's great, too. Yeah. Um, trying to think what Were else? you an older or younger brother? I'm in the youngest. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, did your older brother take care of you, or? Yes, he did. We had bunk beds. Mm-hmm. He's four years older, and he went to college. That was when you just went off to college and never came back. Yeah. So it was like you had like your best friend and your roommate, and then you just disappeared, and yeah, you're on your just own. gone, yeah. yeah. It's a little different now, I guess, but... Man, uh, now the, now kids come home after college, and they said there's no jobs out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, your brother was four years ahead of you, so that's mm-hmm. enough that you've never been able to beat his ass. You know what I mean? Oh, I can. He's shorter than me. Now you can. Yeah. What age did you catch him? I think uh, he was like a nice older brother. He was uh-huh. too, too nice, almost. But he... Uh, he played. He was shorter than me, so he played baseball in college. But mm-hmm. I played basketball. I think he always wanted to play basketball, so maybe he's a little jealous of me. I don't know. I don't know. But hey, he's a doctor. Been Letterman. Yeah, I've been on Letterman, but he's a doctor. Oh, so that sucks. He the, you're fucked. He's literally the cure for cancer. Like he does cancer surgery. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think I could do it, though. I really think if they let me, I could Just do let cancer. You in. I mean, once I I got in there. It really started scraping out the bad stuff. Like, you have to find the tumor, right? The tumor, I think, should be pretty easy to spot. It's just, like, dark and black and weird Well, somebody tells you, too, about the the area that it's in. Like, they do an x-ray, and they'll go, Dr. Bennington, you'll be working on the stomach. And I'll go like this. I know that. Let me see. (laughs) And I've been watching the Nick a lot, so I can do it with literally no equipment. I can do it. I'm obsessed with the Nick. I watched the first episode. I haven't seen any more. Oh. But the guy shooting, you know, opiates. A lot. Yeah. I couldn't watch that first episode. Just the because the opiates. Yeah. No, not the first. The second one is the one I have nightmares about right now. Which it's the, about the lady. Oh God! Yeah. You got to check that out. I don't know. What is it? Uh, syphilis. Oh God! You used God. to lose your. You used to lose your nose. Is that true? Yeah, you what? could. So this lady has like no nose, and I see it in my sleep. Ugh. It's like horrifying. And then she looks like the um, elephant man as she leaves the hospital. Wait. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it tests and your you nerves. And you guys are telling me to watch it. <laughs> no, no, it's good. You're all it's grossed good. out. What's the freak show, Ron? <laughs> if you're into that stuff, who would be? Well, if you want like the Langoliers kind of uh, special effects, it won't scare you. But this stuff will freak you out. The lady has no nose. Oh, God, it's so gross. Sirius XM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Dennis Falcone. Fez, I, I just want to congratulate you, a man who has done so much for this industry in all the years that you've put into it, slaving behind a microphone, to, to have the same shirt you, which you wear every day is just phenomenal. I mean, it's just a monumental shirt, and I think you should come out with your own shirt line. That was it? That's, yeah, that, that was, was the fast. Not really a line, it's just a shirt. Yeah, well... There it is. Fez is wearing his shirt, and it looks pretty strong after a year. Yeah. Seven months. It was seven months and three two days. Three days. Everyone got to even with me for doing all this great production for Fez. 
I really wanted it to be the year. And you, everyone told me it was the year. I thought that was the year. But then you, we found out he cheated. He's not even looking at us now. He's moved on in it's his the, stuff. It's the shirt, though. This, is, this has been encapsulating his life for the last year. Or seven months and three days. Not even looking up. None of this has ever happened as far as he's concerned. Is this like a rape? Why you don't look up in a rape? I well, think if you're if you're being raped, you I would, would look right at them. <laughs> I would look right at my rapist. Remember Jodie Foster? Man, she really. Remember? Oh boy. Were you one of them? Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's why I play pinball. Yeah. That was up there with Tommy for my favorite pinball movie. <laughs> was that your big uh, Jodie Foster thing? She won the Oscar for that, right? Well, it wasn't. Sailing uh, Wee. Did she win for that one too? She, she's got was, two Oscars. Was she nominated for that? Uh, one? She's nominated oh, for everything. God, that was so bad. It wasn't Contact. I, I'm, I'm going to tell you what it wasn't. Right. I know she wasn't nominated for Contact. Yeah, now she got it for The Accused. And what else? And then she blew. She, no, not Silence of the Lambs. No. Yeah, she did one for yep. Silence of the Lambs. That's that would be Silence nice. of the Lambs. Come here, Clarice. <laughs> Solid body of work. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, taxi. And she's taxi directing drivers. girls, right? Mm. Mm. She's letting them do stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she's watching. <laughs> All right, in this scene, of you pull, form a girl pile. Keep scissoring each other. <laughs> Why Has would she, they do that? Has she done much comedy? I'm trying to think now. Uh, Just that kids movie where they're the gangsters, right? That was so good. Bugsy Malone. Bugsy Malone. Love Bugsy Malone. <laughs> He's a winner, candy coated. That uh, and uh, Johnny Dangerously, the two uh, to two period. Ma- yeah, the two period <laughs> mafia thumps. What do you got on her, Chris? I'm not seeing any comedy. I'm see- yeah. She directed that Beaver movie with. With uh, never Mel, say Gibson. Never. Mel Gibson, she's a big yeah. Mel oh, Gibson buddy. Yeah, her, Robert Downey Jr. and Mel Gibson are three running pals. Like the party. <laughs> I'm not seeing any other <laughs> comedies though. Panic Room was pretty funny. Had its moments. Uh, Andrew, you're on the Run the Fest show. Hey, Ron, I think you owe uh, Pepper an apology. Uh, I apologize, Pepper. <laughs> Shit, thanks. Not the 18th, so it's seven months and two days. Oh, today's the 17th, not the 18th. That's what so I said originally. So it's not a year anyway. Yeah. It's still been seven months and two days. Yeah, that's why I thought it was the 18th. The 18th was a year. No. And then we found out you did change out of those clothes. Why wouldn't you have told us? Well, why I didn't did th- Shelby come to us? It was every day at work for a year. No, we worked. That was a Saturday. We worked, and I that came day. in my bed clothes. We're on the air. We were on the air. That makes it work. And none of us knew it. Nor did I even notice that day. Well, that whole day was just wild. Oh, you know, a lot of days are wild, Chris. And I notice, <laughs> you know. But see, he picked that one wild day to not wear it. But maybe you know he I hasn't worn it other days. You know what I feel like? I feel like I'm an airline pilot, and I flew right into the. Uh, to the mountain, <laughs> and the person that was in the tower talking to me yeah. was Fez. Yeah, you're clear, straight ahead. Just keep heading straight, and disregard that dark thing that looks like a mountain. That's just more open sky. That's it. Get your nose closer to it. All right, looks like you're in a fiery ball. I'll let you go right now. Um, 
Andrew in New Jersey, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, uh, Jody Foster did the original Freaky Friday. That idiot can't even read IMDb. You know, there's you know, a giant so list of movies she's Freaky in. Freaky Friday is fucking amazing, yeah, Chris. And, and she's funny in it. Yes, she's funny because it's a comedy. Who's her mom in that? She's her own mom. She plays both parts. Whoa, mind blown. <laughs> yeah. Maverick kind of comedy? What's, uh, Maverick who play- was funny. Yeah, Maverick's funny. No. She actually played a sex person who was in an arrested no, man in that movie. And that man, Mel Gibson again. Who was your mom in Freaky Friday? Barbara Chris? Harris. The great oh. Barbara Harris. Rich Tony Award winning Bar- Barbara Harris. Not only Tony Award winning, but Emmy, Oscar, Golden Globe, and People's Choice. Is she a globe? <laughs> Cable Ace? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for this globe. <laughs> it means so much to me. The Golden Globe for radio. <laughs> ABA championship. Oh, God, that's a nice, that's a nice one to have. <laughs> Who was your favorite ABA team? ABA team? You got to go with the Kentucky Colonels, right? That's a, nice, that's a nice game. That's a nice thing. We're the Kentucky t- Colonels. Or the Flint Tropics? Oh, no, that's the the trop- that's my fucking favorite right there. <laughs> you know what your favorite should be, Chris? What's that? Two guns, the cax. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! That's a lot right. of people he call you that. Caught, right? yeah. I don't. That's just a terrible rumor that's been going around for the last month. I've been hearing it. It's a rumor going around town. Anyway, you're accepted here. This is a fucking safe zone for you. Now, if I was blowing guys randomly <laughs> well, anywhere, okay, God, that's it. blunt. I, I, I thank you, but I don't. Don't. No penis. Thank you for what then? Thank you for oh, give, giving a thank place you for to the be cops, safe. Sir. No, I'm not thanking anyone for dick. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Only in Queens. No, it never nowhere. What goes There's on no, in Queens stays in Queens. No, whatever happens in Queens is is, is valid same place else. Oh, it is? Yes. <laughs> I always thought you guys like to keep things on the down low. He always gets off at Roosevelt Island. Do you? Right before. I'm only in Roosevelt. No, I don't masturbate on Roosevelt Island. Into the East River. (laughs) (laughs) Chris, you're doing all right for yourself. Yeah, you know, I'm in the story. It's up and coming neighborhood. Rent stabilized apartment, right? You're doing okay. Yeah. You got it made. It's all downhill from here. Oh, Jesus. Don't say that, Paul. (laughs) When you start thinking about a graduate degree. You think? Yeah. I know so. See, I can't go back to college because I didn't pay off the other loans, and I've been dodging them for a number of no, years. No, but that's how you can go back to college. You yeah, no, defer I, them. Uh, I don't think. I think I've, I've dodged oh, them for so long. Just not it's, pay. Yeah. Pay. No. No. Yeah. I just don't p- pick up my phone if I don't recognize the number. Well, they're <laughs> really What's weird not about very that? Good at you. <laughs> You're weird. How about if it's an eight 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 number? Oh, <laughs> never, <laughs> never. That's always something good. Uh, here's uh, Joey in Jersey. Hey, Joey, go ahead, buddy. Joey, what do you got for us? We just... No, he had something so great to say, Tell. That's a shame. I would love to have heard it. Yeah, me too. Now I got nothing. What are you doing this weekend, Chris? I'm going to go see Birdman. Really? Yeah. That's your uh, nickname for a penis? (laughs) No, the movie that's coming out. I hear wonderful things about it. I hear no, I've heard nothing but great things about Birdman, the and I can't wait to see it. Philly newspaper actually said this is the best 
movie of the century. Ever? So they're saying that it's the best movie ever. I just said of the century. We're only 14 years into the century. Oh, I thought that meant in the last hundred years when oh. you said century. You're an asshole, I, I just mishear things and understand them. You're a goddamn asshole, you know that? I'm coming off like a jerk-off. Yeah. But I will give a review of Birdman on Monday after oh, I see I it. Wait. A lot oh, of yeah. buzz. There's a lot of buzz. I get it. Birdman. Buzz. <laughs> Michael Keaton. Keaton. <laughs> buzz. Galifianakis. It's only playing at one theater in the city, right? It's playing at 14th Street and the Angelica. Yeah, I'm not going to go all the way down there. <laughs> Is that that bad? Well, I, well, I'll see it when it comes to the Upper East Side. And when I buy that, I mean actually in my apartment. <laughs> so it's just video on demand? No, I got to see it once it gets to TBS. <laughs> That's going to be fucking years. No, I like to see it with the commercials, and I like them to get rid of all the curse words. How, how could you like that? It takes, it takes everything away from the goddamn movie. Because I'm not a porn star, Chris. <laughs> Does that fucking mean anything to you, you piece of garbage? <laughs> I like to sit around and listen to the foreigners uh, curse all day. I see. I think the vulgarity can add to it. What movie was ever better because of vulgarity? Scarface. I think they're all crazy F-bombs. Adventures in Babysitting. That's a hell of a movie, isn't it? Yeah. Gone Girl. Did you see Gone Girl? I did. What'd you think? It's no legend of Billie Jean. Well, that's true. Nothing is, though. What's right is right. <laughs> I um, I just broke down and read what happens in Gone Girl. You're such an idiot. Uh, I, I didn't want to go see book. it. I, I, I don't know. Is the book I'll, Can I give a review from <laughs> just reading the Wikipedia yeah. plot? Fucking it. it sounds fucking stupid. I don't know. <laughs> it seemed pretty implausible. That everything. I'm not going to spoil anything. Wait, it's a movie. But it felt. But I, I can imagine not what real. was happening. Okay. In the movie, as I was reading the synopsis mm. <laughs> and all the spoilers. Mm. Did you see it, Ron? Yeah, I saw it. What'd you think? Neither fish nor fowl. Nothing. It tried to be more than it could be. A good, good three quarters of a movie. Uh, I don't even know that. You know, what I mean, I'm sitting there looking at this shit, and I'm like, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too hard on it, but I don't want to give away for anything. For the people at home, but when they beat that little baby with a mallet and oh, crush its head, oh. I'm like, what am I even watching here? They just beat, a, and they actually beat an actual baby with a mallet. And here's how they got away with it: how the baby was a foreigner. Okay, it was an ISIS baby. Oh, those so, are so Mercy Kelly. Just yeah, just you can just shovel them into a goddamn furnace. If I was a, a senator, I'd go like this on TV. Not only will we destroy ISIS, but we will strip the skin off their children and leave their kicking and screaming carcasses in the sand. We'll probably roll their skinless bodies. Yeah! Are you with me? Let's do it! Let's go now! Woo! I'm kind of glad you're not a senator. Well, why? You want ISIS to side all the sudden? Wow! Look who hates America! Uh, Michelle! Yeah. On a Friday, too. Yeah, Jesus Friday, Christ. the perfect gonna, American It's going to haunt you for the rest of the weekend. Why? What would you do with their children? Nothing. Give them guns and train them to kill Americans? No, I would bring them here, and, and we would we would work it out. Really? Yes. And have their Little League team beat ours? Not going to be sitting there When they move that. here, they're not going to be them and ours. <laughs> really? So your idea is to move everybody here. Sleeper cells, never heard of them? <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, America's great. Thanks for bringing us here. And then, just you know, they go buck wild. Star and Buck Wild. <laughs> Buck Wild. We're going late 90s. Mm. Buck Wild. 
No, you are a piece of shit. (laughs) 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 I certainly don't like that new slang, like calling people basic bitches. Very confusing. You are very upset about the basic bitches. We'll see. That's the newest story of lingo. (laughs) That's everywhere lingo. That's what the kids are saying. They just call everything basic they don't like. Basic. Yeah. They don't end it with Kali. Sirius XM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Jeffrey Gurian. There's only one man that I know who could wear a shirt for one year, for one whole year, and still have it look presentable. And that's Fez. And I was looking at it today, and the shirt actually looks clean, and it looks neat. It did have a little bit of a rip in it, <laughs> one year is an amazing record. So congratulations, Fezzi, for pulling it off. Gurian emailed me last night. All, did. all confused. What did he say? Get over here and suck his dick. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. How, what's the code word for you guys? There, Blow it, me? There is no code word. and that is, That's not even a code word. That's just being, <laughs> come suck my dick. Oh, oh there it. he goes. Okay. So that's what he says? He no, he out. doesn't. He was pissed. He was trying to trying to bury the hatchet. In your ass? No. This <laughs> that, is metaphorical. I like, oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Metaphorical would be the oh, yeah, hatchet. Sure. No. That is the penis. Hey, by the way, Chris is developing a bad problem of touching himself. <laughs> and he didn't grab my balls. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta stop All right, that. So go ahead. Yeah. So he was he was still upset that he thinks I'm pissing him. Well, that he knows that I'm I'm pissed at him because about bringing up he wasn't invited to Russell Brand. I didn't even listen. I didn't even respond to the email yet. Good. Oh. I'm letting him, let I'm letting him hang. Think about it. Exact. Thank you. Yes. He's like uh, Fez and Shelby with Don's emails for those ideas. They don't respond to him. Well, I'll tell you this. And they, uh, Don, we we're supposed to get him back some sales ideas. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote back to him. Fez and Shelby said they don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so the sales people want you to come up with ideas? Yeah. For, mm. Yeah, isn't that nice? That's nice. Nice, because how good they were with, to us before. Hashtag Bennington is yeah. taking over. I said, here's my idea. Buy some spots. <laughs> you know, play your spots during the spots set. Cut a check. Spots. Serious oh, XM and Raw Dog congratulate Fez Watley on one year of wearing the same shirt. Cousin Brucey. What do you want from me? What do you guys want from me? A Fez? I don't know what a Fez is. That could have gone better. That didn't feel so good. Um, hey, uh, John. John, go ahead, buddy. Hey, Ronnie B., you might want to go ahead and distance yourself from that girl in there. I made a phone call to Homeland Security, and they're on their way over to give her a talk. Off I, Homeland Security, you! That's good. I did it. You actually got that bastard right back. <laughs> you did a rubber globe right on them. <laughs> Fez, what do you want to say about having seven months, two days in the same shirt? Four months, 28 days to go. But I say it's been a year. I have worn this in here every weekday for a year. You got busted. Now it's every weekday. Yeah. Week is W-E-A-K. 
and day is G A Y. <laughs> so he's saying he's here for all the weak gays. And who isn't? But it's not like you're arguing something gray. You're arguing that you've worn the same shirt for a year. It, it's not something to be really proud of. What have you done consistently for a year? I've changed my clothes, at least. You haven't gotten laid, we know that. This is an accomplishment. That's why all these people decided to speak up on the one-year anniversary. You got him, Fez. <laughs> all these people decided to speak up because they were told one year. Yeah. Then Shelby dropped a bomb on us today. It wasn't a year. Now we've got all these ribbons up, balloons... I'm just gonna burn them out back later. I'm gonna start. A I don't want to blow this out of proportion, but this feels worse than 9/11. Oh, you felt that too. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget this. Yeah, and I already forgot at most of 9/11. Well, I've forgotten several 9/11s. I forgot what city it took place in. I know it was in one of them. New York City. Hmm. Mm. Nothing. Is that the one on the Great Lakes? <laughs> no, that's that's Mich that's in Michigan. That's no. in Michigan. That's yeah. all Michigan. <laughs> no, it is it? What? You, wait. The Great the Lakes aren't all in Michigan. No. <laughs> oh, I love you, though. Why would you love him? He's stupid. I, I say stupid things. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it's like loving a really dumb rock. I'm more than a rock. He I'm a talks man. Back. Mm. Yeah, I do. Wait, are you yelling at me about that? Yeah, I'm yelling at you. <laughs> That's oh, weird. Your first fight. <laughs> this is cute. Well, I'm not his type. Oh, uh, no. I do it, I like your song you made for Ari Lang. No, 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 you don't have to say anything. That was really embarrassing. Paul, please do not. <laughs> hey, just, give just Paul a nice plugs. Paul Morrissey is performing at the Egyptian Theater in Park City, Utah, Friday, October 31st through Saturday, November 1st. If for tickets and additional tour dates, go to paulhasawebsite.com. And Paul's podcast is at alleyooppodcast.com. I'd, uh, I'd love to go to that show. Yeah? In, a, yeah. in Park City? Have you yeah. been? Hit the slopes with Redford. Well, look, I got nothing against Asians. Uh, to me, I'm never going to hit them. We're all the same, except for some of us have rounder eyes. And perfectly Jesus-like skin. Um, let's go over here to... Uh, John, John, you're on the Manifest Show. All right, let's go now to uh, Bartender in Pennsylvania. Hey, b -b buddies, what's up? Hey, hey. I want to ask Fezzy, uh, have you used that that shirt you wore for a year, like for a jizz rag, when you're watching that Russian like prison porn that you love so much? No, my jizz rag I've used for two years in a row. <laughs> That's a whole nother anniversary. <laughs> uh, here's uh, Bruce. Bruce on the running face show. <laughs> Yeah, uh, wasn't he supposed to give that shirt away when somebody called in and said sawmill gravy? Did he renege on that shit or what? I don't remember this. The day you started wearing it, somebody fucking said something about sawmill gravy, a fucking lumberjack and sawmill gravy, and Pepper said the next the person that calls in the next day and says it gets a fucking shirt. Now, I don't know who would want it, but you sound like a renegger to me. 
Oh, that's a, wow. Awful thing. That was that's an awful thing to say, sir. That's an awful thing to say. Well, 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 look who it is. Seven months and three days ago, this young lady gave uh, Fez a shirt. Shrek of love. Hi, buddies. Hey, sweetie. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Hi, Shreka. Hi, Fuzzy. Hi, Shreka. <laughs> I don't care what that stupid Shelby says. It's a year, and I'm happy to celebrate it with you guys. She's taking what the road that we all wanted Fez to take, which was to defend himself over the Shelbs. Because I don't remember... That Fez didn't have it on during the David Brenner show, do you? I, I would have brought it up if I if I would have saw it without yeah, it. Yeah, me too. And only Shelby seems to have remembered, and Fez now, but he brings it up at the oddest time, right as the big party's going down. I know, it's like, let's, I'm going to throw a party, then I'm going to fucking light a fire in the goddamn kitchen. Hmm? Kill everyone in the party. <laughs> What? This is the, the metaphor that you have? That's right. Oh, now I understand. See? It's like if you had a party that had a fire in the kitchen or the stove, <laughs> as some people call it. Yeah. You idiot. No, I think that makes sense. What? Hey, did you guys see the uh, snakes? Not snakes. The shark attack down in Florida? So, Shreka, how are you spending the uh, seven-month, two-day anniversary? <laughs> Well, I am uh, enjoying a little bit of rain in the desert. It's a beautiful day for a beautiful celebration. I uh, bought myself a cupcake, um, so not not the same celebrating it without you guys. I feel very lonely. Uh. I feel like I should be there to see the shirt and everybody else, so mostly the shirt and says. <laughs> Thank you, Shrek. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I love you guys. And Shelby, you're on my shit list. For ruining the he did. He ruined day. everything. He, fucking... he shits on a party. It's a one-year anniversary. I know. Um, well, we'll talk to you later, Shrek. I love you guys. Happy anniversary. Happy gay shirt day. Yep. Seven months. Two days. One year. Ooh. Look who it is. The man who does nothing... But when, when, when? Hey, Gina, what's happening? You know, I'm a little hurt that I didn't get in on this shirt bit that we're doing. Am I on the, what am I, on the pay no mind list? It seems like it. <laughs> Fez, I just want to congratulate you on one year of wearing that fantastic shirt. Another year and it'll come back into style. We're all rooting for you, Captain Fantastic. Is that good? Is that good? Should we do it again? Uh, that's perfect. No. And you gave a reference of a fresh new hit song, Captain Fantastic. Hey, what uh, games have you picked this weekend, Gino? Well, I just want to point out that I, I haven't really noticed how I've been doing since I went on four. Oh, yeah, I'm seven and expletive one. See, that's called being professional there, Chris. I said expletive instead of the F-bomb. Uh, uh, I do believe I took the Vikings again four and a half. Because I think their backfield is solidified now that they know Peterson is not coming back. Because it's fitting he's nicknamed AD. Because when you hear the letters AD, you think of two different people. And either way, what are you yelling? Jesus Christ. But in the video, it's got a lot more, a lot more hook to it. A lot more hook. All right, buddy. <laughs> big, big win, uh, weekend. Thanks, pal. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, Take the watch the video. Thanks yeah. for everything, guys. All right. 866 Ron Zero Fez, 
866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Alan in Kentucky. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, Ronnie. How are you? Good. Hey, I wanted to uh, ask Fezzy and you guys about the, uh, I don't know, it was a month or so ago, the whole steak burger fiasco. Oh, jeez. Um, and then while Fezzy was out on his uh, medical leave, you all did a replay of, I think it was the black girl passing out at the restaurant, and it was hilarious, but I noticed in that Fezzy was making fun of black girl for earning a chopped steak, not realizing it was a hamburger. So for him to then claim a few years later he didn't know what steak burger, steak burger wasn't a burger, it seemed, uh, seemed a little odd. Uh, steak is in the title of Steak and Shake. Well, look, chop. You know, you go back and listen to it. You were, you obviously knew what steak was. Steak burgers. Chop I did steak. go back and listen to it. I think I only went after Earl for feigning in front of the boss. So that puts that to rest. Big fan of chop steak. Mm-hmm. You do like chopstick? I'm all... I'm, no. I put wanna... some cheese on it, put it on a bun. You have a little <laughs> fucking cheeseburger for yourself. <laughs> filet? I'll go filet. No tartare, though. Do you go no, weird? No, I'll eat tartare. I love tartare. Yeah. I'll, I love steak. No. If it bleeds? Yeah. If it, it bleeds, bleeds, we can kill it. You know, I used to... There was a kid in our neighborhood that used to call it tartare. Because he kept being held back so many grades. <laughs> Fezzy, how are you feeling over there, buddy? Not great. What's wrong? Very panicky. What about? Um, I have to go back to the doctor today because I'm having some problems. And just a lot, of, a lot of... That seems to be the one thing that's really working well. Mm. And then just um, some fuck-ups today. What kind of fuck-ups you have? Just having a lot of trouble with the computer. But that's not your fault. Yeah, I brought... But I can't fix it. Well, he is a computer tech. He's part oh, of the IT he? thing. I didn't yeah. know that. Oh. Yeah. As you can see, uh, Michelle, the rest of us are going crazy over the computer. You guys are so angry at <laughs> yeah. them? Demanding that it gets fixed immediately. He's on the Geek Squad on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> that could explain. Hi, Geek Squad here. <laughs> Hi, Michelle. We'll be right out of here, but I don't know how to work this. Yeah, if you're on the Geek Squad, you should have a panic attack over this. But you're just on a geek fucking show. And we don't care one way or another. What else, Fezzy? What else is bothering you? Well, and I really feel my one-year celebration got ruined. By who? Well, Shelby ruined it by bringing up something that has nothing to do with me wearing my shirt to uh, work every single day. My beautiful gay shirt. But I think it's better that we know the truth. The truth is, I have worn this to work every single day, Monday through Friday, when I've been here. Mm. But nobody challenged you to do it. It just, it just happened. Yes, it was a personal goal of mine. Achieved. Shirtgate. Well, you'll have your goal will come through in five more months. March 15th. <laughs> you That's did the math. Party. March 15th. <laughs> well, 2015. Like, wait, that doesn't... If... <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Why, wait, that, that's the year. That'll be the new... No, that'll be the March year. March 15th was when you said... I just realized. What? Oh, I get it. Yeah. Never mind. Well, everybody's saying this, Chris. You're yeah. a goddamn liar. Don't take it the wrong way, but you're a piece of fucking garbage. I'm all man. No garbage. You like No, all you're men. taking it the wrong way. Oh, okay. Uh, Leon, you're on the Run Fez show. 
Hey, uh, I was just curious. If Fezzi is Captain Fantastic, does that make Shelby his brown dirt cowboy? Oh, Jesus. Everyone, please, Fez, stay away from the gay jokes today. We have one day without them. Well, I could see Shelby and Fez being together in oh, prison. E easily. <laughs> Just tearing each other up. I can see those two boning on a hot air balloon. <laughs> <laughs> on top of it, too. Oh. Yeah. Disgusting. I'd yeah. rather rip the shirt off of his back and just hang myself with it. Yeah. Wow. See, he wants to tear my clothes off. I heard that. Yeah, that was, on, exciting. That was a little weird. And he, he wants to hang wow. himself as he's coming. The choking <laughs> stuff, yeah. <laughs> he likes sure. the, 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 the sick stuff. The young kids are in the dangerous, dangerous uh, orgasm, you know. Oh, yeah. They like to be choking on it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I like to pass out when I climb See it. Chris. I gotta run down. <laughs> five. Huh? We have to go to five. break in five minutes. You like five-year-olds? No. Well, how do you see that's five minutes that in heaven? That means you're the sick one. Then think about that. Five minutes, five dollars. No, it was five, five minutes. Dollar, five dollar blowjob. Oh. Five. <laughs> Well, maybe everybody could say something nice today to Fez's five-month and two-day. Chris, what would you like to say to him? I'd say good work on the computer today, Fez. Oh, come on. Wow, wow. that's just mean. Yeah. That wasn't nice. No. Maybe it just turned into a roast. <laughs> Fez gave me this book to read. It's story of a gay man. I think he's trying to tell me something. What are you trying to say with this book, Fez? Here's a book by a gay man I hope you enjoy. But are you trying to gay me up a little bit? Look at him cross-dressing there. I wanted Fez to cross-dress for a while, but he only wanted to do pantsuits. And I thought it defeated the purpose. <laughs> he's so very merry, Tyler Moore. I thought he was Barbara Walters. She is so skinny and tiny. And brittle. Yeah. Um, That's why she has that glowing filter whenever she does an interview. Oh, yeah. It looks nice, too. <laughs> I like to get one of those myself. Um, hey, John from Massachusetts, our buddy. Hey, buddy. I uh, want to congratulate Fez on this crowning achievement. And I can't wait to find out what's next. I mean, how do you top this kind of greatness? And love the Benningtons this morning, Ron. Oh, thank you very much. All right, see ya. That replays Please. this Sunday at 4 p.m. on Opie Radio and is available on demand. And the next Bennington airs Friday, October 31st. Any unmasked we can go to? And there's an unmasked actually happening on Monday with Dick Cavett. Go to theinterrobang.com to get tickets. It's at 1 p.m. here at the SiriusXM studios. Is that because Paul Morrissey doesn't have any gigs coming up? <laughs> oh, no, wait. You know what, Paul? He does have some. It's on the Egyptian Theater in Park City, Utah. Friday, October 31st through Saturday, November 1st. For tickets and additional tour dates, you have to go to paulhasawebsite.com. And then his podcast is available at alleyouppodcast.com some of the past guests Jim Gaffigan Ari Shafir and Stephen Tobolowski. Uh Jay California Hey uh, Ronnie B you're sounding like two million bucks pal uh, Fez I think that maybe when you're finally done with the shirt it'll it'll stand up on its own and then perhaps you can use it as a fuck doll and practice losing your virginity what do you think? Well, it'd be a pretty skinny fuck doll if nobody's wearing it. 
No, it'll stand up on its own, though. You know what I mean? Like, it'll He's look really like a grown man. Yeah, I guess then I wouldn't have to worry about getting my shirt stiff. <laughs> you can't piss. <laughs> I think so. Wait a minute. You can keep running with it. Yeah, it's a gay shirt, but that just means it's a gay person wearing it. Not that I'm actually going to fuck my shirt in the pocket. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> that sums up this whole special anniversary. One day I saw him fucking his watch pocket. I'm going, that's a small penis. <laughs> if you can fit it in your watch pocket. Knock the bottom out of it. Oh, I don't even think he got close to the bottom. That's the sad part of it. Well, Chris, we got to wrap this one up. Michelle, thanks for sitting in with us today. Thank you for having me. Are you still going to be able to do this when you get your other duties? I'm duties. <laughs> yeah. um, get it? I, Chris poop. eats it. No, I don't. You eat poop? Yeah. No, I'm not a shit. Not his own. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be but terrible. That had nothing to do with the poop. It was her door still stopping by. Oh, okay. Follow good. the fucking show there, All two right. guns. <laughs> bang, bang. Yeah. Blow, blow. Bang, bang. No. Uh, Chris, why don't you go through your reads, and then we'll get out of here. All right. Well, Dan Cook on Mass is coming up next, and Troublemaker, his special on Showtime, premieres tonight on Showtime at 10 p.m. And then Paul Morrissey, he's been in studios with us. He's performing at the Egyptian Theater in Park City, Utah. That's Friday, October 31st through Saturday, November 1st. For tickets and additional tour dates, you got to go to paulhasawebsite.com. And his podcast, Alley Oop Podcast, is at alleyooppodcast.com. And then Bennington, <laughs> which was on earlier today. I know Bennington. It was on earlier. this at all. Bennington. It was on earlier today on OP Radio. That replays this Sunday at 4 p.m., and that's also available on demand. And the next Bennington is Friday, October thirty first, to <laughs> Bennington. It's Bennington, right? There's no T in the first two syllables. Bennington. 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 Oh, hey, I'm also on another Rog Dog thing. I'm on What's the that? Come to Papa awesome. Halloween special. Whoa, what are you guys doing? We we taped it uh, at the Largo Theater with movie star Matt Damon and Alice wow. Hannigan. Yeah, it was Whoa. fun. So, that sounds fantastic. So I think they're airing that every day the week of Halloween, like at midnight. Largo's fantastic. Yeah, right? it's great. Yeah. The cool kids hang out there. So That's true. At one night, one shining moment. One shining moment. You felt like you were Paul Tompkins. <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys uh, back in here on Monday. Peace. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Comedy. Channel 99. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash on demand. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Ron and Fez on Raw Dog Comedy Hits Channel 99. I feel like everybody's like, let's move it along. I'm on my lunch break here. I gotta yeah. get back. And <laughs> I, I do want to point out that anyone who drinks in the afternoon is an alcoholic. Because, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of beers on it. <laughs> Look at this. It's like yeah. a pirate's den over here. It is. 
Thank you very much, everybody, for being a part of this today. This means a lot. It's great to see you all. Thank you. Ron, thank you. This is uh, a cool time for you because this is the first special in how long? Uh, the uh, Almost four years. Four years? Yes. Four years. And this one you did yourself. I did, yeah. It was the first time I've ever uh, gone into the, uh, put on the director's hat yeah. and decided to come at, you know, come at this entirely from, you know, aesthetically what I would hope, um, you know, it could look like as well as how the material would be, uh, you know, brought to the people. So, and where that came from was really interesting. I got to know Jerry Lewis a couple of years ago. I went and saw Jerry at, uh, he had a uh, documentary opening from uh, Method of the Madness. Mm -hmm. And his daughter, Danielle, was a big fan of mine. Um, Hi, how are you guys doing over here? Sorry, you're on the. They're like, ah, we're in the nosebleeds over here. <laughs> his daughter, Danielle, was uh, kind enough to introduce me to him. And he had uh, become a fan of my comedy through his daughter, who was showing in my clips. So we exchanged numbers, and I didn't think I'd ever get a phone call from <laughs> Mr. Jerry Lewis. <laughs> But I did, and he became uh, a mentor. A mentor, and I really uh, needed one at that time in my life. My own mentor from high school had passed away, and I was really kind of looking for somebody in my life who who got it, you know, and understood the comedy road and you know all the turmoil and ins and outs that kind of go with that. And he was the person who said, "You, you got to start, you know, believing in yourself and, and directing, because nobody knows better than you." And that's obviously how he—that was his big claim to fame, as he dominated the world. And it gave me the guts to finally do this, and I'm psyched it's finally here. Now, you—you you feel that you, that you always need somewhat of a mentor or a coach in your life? I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like now that uh, I'm kind of that guy. You know, there's a whole new gang of, you know, the new squad of young comics. Yeah. And I, you know, I let them know. I said, listen, I've been through it all. I've been through the spanking machine enough. I've been through, <laughs> I've had some uh, pretty good high water marks. And I like, no, 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 no. Those are the worst ones. The ones that are like half a paragraph or, uh, you know, really, you, yeah. you, you got to be careful. So yeah, it, it's, it's been an interesting, I'm in that, uh, you know, kind of great uh, act two of my life where I get to have um, you know, people I'm a fan of and want to emulate in my life, and then I get to help some of these young bucks that are out there doing so it. So it really does feel like an act two to you right it now. Does. It does. You know, like, when I hit 40, it was yeah. like, all right, so I'm in that act two of my career, which started when I was, you know, 19. This is my 24th year doing stand-up comedy now, and um, I know, it's crazy. It's, it's wild. A lot of people like numbers. It's unbelievable. Uh, and so I looked at it like that. It was like, all right, so I'm starting this new phase of my life and, you know, everything, just, you know, relationships and how, you know, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm not the kid in the black tank top who, you know, is going <laughs> to pour water on himself. And, uh, and yet uh, those were, you know, great memories. But what do I want to do now and what do I want to do uh, in the future, which is, you know, more stuff like this, directing and then maybe even uh, directing and producing young comedians and helping them to keep their um, – you know, to keep their identity. That would be my goal if I can help young comics is to like, you know, help them to get away from the stuff that's going to, uh, you know, make them look uh, milk toast and try to help them, you know, hold on to their authenticity. Well, you're a, you're a Boston guy and you can always tell the Boston guys because they go out of their way 
to be different from everybody else. Who was who was the class that you came in with? Okay, well, when I was coming out of Boston, I started in 1990, and we had like the we had like a gang of guys back there who were really, uh, I think, the best of the best. And they, you know, it was during the boom, the big comedy boom of the 80s. You had guys in Boston like Steve Sweeney and Don Gavin and DJ Hazard and Stephen Wright. And I would go in night after night, uh, and I would watch them at uh, the Comedy Connection in in Boston. Uh, there was also a place called Stitches which is one of the first places I performed. And I would see these guys, and I looked at them as they were men that did comedy. They were guys. They were really, really just, they could be tough. They could be a little scary, intimidating. And I liked that swagger. I liked that attitude because I was very silly, and I liked being uh, fantastical and imaginative. But part of me was like, I think you could you could still be a guy. You can still uh-huh. have some you know some balls up there, and you know be a little bit uh, of a presence. Uh, and so I learned a lot coming up under under those uh, those fellows. And they always said a thing up there that go out and find yourself. Uh, and I've had I remember Bill Burr was on the show, and he was telling me when he came in, he goes, "You had Dane Cook being really big on stage and killing, and then Patrice O'Neill being really still on stage." And killing, right. and he was like, "How the fuck do you do this? How <laughs> wh- how's this whole thing supposed to work out?" Because all you guys went out of your way, like I said, to be individuals. We did. And, you know, I came up with uh, Bill Burr and uh, you know, new Patrice. Uh, you know, we we all started uh, within the same year or two, and we were all trying to carve out like what's our what's our voice, and how can we distinguish ourselves from these. Honestly, like masters, these, the, you know, right. uh, you would watch them every night and, and at some point you'd be like, all right, and then I'm going to quit tonight. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is like, yeah. <laughs> this is unacceptable. I'm never going to be this funny. And it, it, but that was great because it also propelled all of us to want to figure out how to, how to win, mm. you know, really how, you know, that competitive, maybe Boston, uh, spirit of being like, I got to win, especially coming to New York City at some point, being like, how do I go into New York City as a Boston kid and figure out a way to belong here where, uh, you know, where it's it's absolutely, you know, the the, the comedy mecca of the, mm-hmm. the world, uh, you know, all the good stuff comes out of this this point. So it took a lot of years and I'm glad I came up with that group of guys. But was there any times that you when you were saying when you're young, you were thinking about quitting. But does that happen along the road? Do you go? I don't know. Yeah, especially yeah. along the road. Yeah. I think you know that. Like, <laughs> There's some times when you're out there in the middle of, uh, you know, middle of nowhere. You, you, you know, the thing I remember that about that, too, is like whenever you're at the worst time as a comic on the road, you're also in the shittiest car you've ever driven. <laughs> I had a Chevy Cavalier mm. and it had four different tires on it. And one of them was like the one in the trunk that's for like emergencies only yeah and i was taking that sucker to like orno maine which is <laughs> yeah. you know 19 hours up so it, always in those uh those moments of uh despair you're kind of driving to these gigs and you're making uh you know you're losing money somehow by the time you get out of there there you're, you're down uh, a few bucks you're eating horribly you know you're eating the same fast food place on the way back that you stopped <laughs> it on the way up um and yet there's something in uh you know in several of us that that says man i really just need this i need this whatever this hole is that i'm trying to fill um it only feels right when i'm on stage somewhere in front of people trying to connect but it is a hole somewhere. There's something that you feel almost missing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a great acting teacher named Larry Moss, and I, I, I somebody gave me a gift for one of my birthdays. He he's like he works with like 
the big, he's like the Oscar guy. That's mm-hmm. like his nickname. You know, he works with people, prepares them for their Academy Award moment. And I was just going to do a seminar one on one, one with him. <laughs> and I sat down to have a conversation and he was like one of those people that instantly he was just, you knew that he was just like a ninja at what he did and, 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 and psychology and human behavior. And you just knew he immediately there was a simpatico with him and I when we sat and we're not even 10 minutes into the conversation. And he just said to me, he's like, he's like, Dane, the hole inside of you. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, the whole, we all got the hole, right? And, he's like, and he said to me, he goes, and, and he started getting emotional. I could see him welling up. And then just his, you know, just whatever this truth was that, you know, connecting with me, he said, you're never going to fill that hole. And he said, and this really was, it made an impact on me. He goes, you're never going to fill it. He goes, so show it to people. Don't be afraid to own it and stand right next to it. These are the things that, you know, gutted me. This is my hole. And that's when I started really changing in my comedy. Uh, you know, I started uh, talking more about, you know, personal issues. When, when my parents were sick with cancer, I brought it to the stage. And it was a place to find humor in it, but it was also cathartic. And I did, I ended up doing a routine about after my mom passed away two years later of deleting her number from my uh, cell phone. And that was a really difficult, uh, piece to bring to the stage but once i did and i shared it with people and then people you know could say to me like that happened to me too you know my, i lost my sister i lost my aunt i lost you know lost my son and that that moment to me coupled with what larry told me uh, i think changed how i wanted to present myself as a person and a performer before then you would have protected yourself from that oh yeah i would have yeah. just i would have jumped on a table acted like dinosaur i would have uh it was really just yeah. you know you know it was like maniacal i remember doing like early gigs and having club owners say things like uh, i don't want to have him back here why because i gotta clean everything up after he broke tables yeah. you know nine glasses were smashed I was really just trying to do anything and everything, probably just to kind of look at me, you know, pay attention to me. Yeah. And yet I was getting laughs and I was certainly different from what Patrice was doing <laughs> and what Bill was doing and some yeah. of my uh, my comrades at that time. Uh, but it's what I needed to do at the beginning. You know, it's kind of like you fail forward sometimes. You can sure. really be like, I'm succeeding, but maybe not always with the right set of tools at yeah. that time well the difference is a lot of guys will go out have something that they're getting a laugh with and then keep it the rest of their <laughs> lives <laughs> right you have like that batman joke and you're always hoping another one is made so you can dust it off and you're like great yeah they're making a new batman movie i can bring back that chunk for another four years <laughs> but you know early on that you're gonna drop it right you felt that yeah. Uh, yes. I started. Um, I really that was kind of like my philosophy, I would say, about the last 10 or 12 years. Once I have an album, once I have a special, I started the new year. I'm going to be a new comic again. It's going to be a brand new five minutes and I'm just going to have to figure it out and take as long as I need to from that point forward. And uh, that feels right now. It feels good to just uh, spend as little time in crafting it. Uh, just, you know, be honest, get to the truth quick. And then, you know, put all the little facets, you know, all the cadences and the comedy tools that you need to put in there and then share it with the people and move on. It's it's the only art form that you would do that. I mean, the Stones would never say we're dropping that <laughs> jumping jack flash shit, you know. Well, well, if they do, I would I would be happy to uh, pick that up if they're uh, if they're through with that. Yeah. But uh, isn't that strange? It's the only place that people say grow, be new, 
Be different. And, and it's, it's, it's difficult to do. It's hard to do because once you have that uh, rapport through mm-hmm. that piece of material, it's hard because uh, you know it's going to work. You right. know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, it's riveted, it's solid, but uh, it feels right to finally release that and then move on to the next vantage point in your, you know, in your life. And it doesn't always need to be so serious. It doesn't, for me especially, it's like I'm still, I have youthful exuberance. I feel like the same kid that stepped on stage at 19. I don't feel any different whatsoever at all. And so when I'm on stage, I, I, I want to still be able to, uh, you know, be fantastical and outrageous, but I want to be able to be vulnerable and talk about the things that are uh, poignant uh, to me and hopefully to, you know, the people around me. Well, maybe, maybe you keep that because you've been dating girls the same age as you always have. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm... <laughs> well, there was one piece. I'm not going to give it away, but something you bring up. In your new special, I, I can speak on it a little bit. Where some I'm talking about, like just you know, technology, the way we're you know meeting each other through these uh, you know apps and websites, and it's kind of like in that fast food nation that's like we want everything now and our intimacy. I want I want it right now. You know, there's an app Cuddler. I want a hug right now. <laughs> Is there somebody around who wants to you know give me a warm embrace <laughs> next to somebody making you know hot nuts on the side of the street? And there's an app for that. But where that bit came from is I, I took a, a, a young lady. <laughs> uh, very young. A, a very young uh, lady. <clears throat> on, a, uh, on, a, on a trip. And I took her to Hawaii. And uh, our first day, we were sitting on the beach. And this is where all that texting chunk came from. And as we're sitting on the beach, I don't think she brought her head up from her phone. And I was like, you know, it's gorgeous. It's paradise. I finally said, I was like, what are you texting? And she handed me her phone. And it was emojis of a beach and a sun and a palm tree and people. <laughs> People swimming and, you know, a woman dancing in a red dress. She's like sending these hieroglyphics. And I was just like, wow, this is the modern, uh, you know, this is the modern age. This is how we're communicating and stuff. So that's where a lot of them, it's steeped, it's steeped from that material from that moment. And that's always LOL, 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 LOL that's yeah. She, and she actually just showed her age by saying that. Yeah, LOL. the LOL generation. Yeah, Generation well, LOL, maybe that's the next <laughs> that, one. Maybe that's it. Uh, but, you know, we, we, Everybody told me I had this stuck to my sneaker. I thought it was a trick you I were doing. It was I had a no gag. idea. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till he uses that piece. Uh, it's going to be great. Hmm. Um, so four years, what do you spend your time doing in well, okay. So the reason it it was four years, a couple things. First of all, I, I was on like an eight year tear. It was really right. eight straight years, uh, and it was it was a lot. It was either me going on to the next, you know, uh, big thing that I, you know, was like, okay, I did Madison Square Garden. What's next? Where, you know, I want to play a space shuttle. I want to do, you know, <laughs> it was charging, 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 and also keeping the plate spinning and keeping my team happy. And and sometimes, you know, you can kind of lose sight of what it is even you want, you know, just for yourself and. Next thing you know, you're working for your brand, right. um, and I, I got caught up in that as well. And after my folks got sick, because uh, I lost I lost both my mom and dad to cancer within nine months. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it was it was unbelievable. It was it was impossible. And uh, but we dealt with it through a lot of humor. Uh, we laughed a lot. We shared a lot of memories, and and I really got to show my my parents, um, everything that I wanted to do, they got to really be a part of. And after they were gone, I still kind of kept charging. And I realized uh, at the beginning of 2010 that I had not like grieved, that I had not really stopped. I thought I was fine. I really thought I was fine. I was just like, no, my fans are happy. I'm happy. 
and I realized I wasn't fine. I realized that I was, uh, you know, really bummed out and really, uh, it, it had caught up to me. So I took 2010 off the whole year and, uh, my, my mission statement was I'm going to work as hard on myself this year as I ever have on my career. And I did. Did therapy, spent time with people that maybe I was always just like on the fly. I can hang with you for a little bit and then I got to go. I got a gig. And um, it just kind of was like a regular dude for a while, regular square, hung out, you know, wore flip flops and, uh, and got bored quite a bit. And yet uh, by the end of that year, I felt like I had worked. I'd, I had the, the, the next kind of set of tools that I would need to progress forward. I went through some other you know, personal strife. Uh, that I had to work out with uh, my brother, who was my business manager. I found out he'd stolen a lot of money from me. And I just had to really finally be um, completely true to myself and like stand on my own uh, and deal with all these things. So once 2010 was over, then I just started in on the new material. I spent that year kind of just getting used to it again. And then it was really the last couple of years. And after I spoke to Mr. Uh, Jerry Lewis that I, I was like, no, I'm I'm feeling happier and healthier than I ever have in my life. And I have these great fans and they're waiting and they're excited and they're writing me every day. Like we're waiting here for you, man. It was emotional. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but I was good to go. And I knew that the material was, uh, you know, was right on target. So here we are, you know, hours away finally. But there was a part of you who were thinking maybe I won't go back. Maybe I've because you've you've done probably more than any other comic has ever done in terms of getting big. And if, if it's not you, you're on a very short list of just a couple of names. Uh, so what do you do after you've been to the top of the mountain? Sure. Yeah. There's definitely those moments where you're, you're, you're saying, okay, this is, does it need to be bigger? Yeah. And then w what was happening was when I was back in the clubs and I'm just doing, you know, the, the seller again, I'm like, this is actually enough. This actually feels. Right. As good, honestly, just the visceral reaction and being in the moment. Uh, and so once I kind of allowed myself, and, and there was also that chunk of time where I was like, I was really sick of myself. It was like I was everywhere and I was kind of like, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I really want to step back and, and, uh, you know, I, I started with a whole new team of people. I just wanted to really kind of downsize everything and make, make things more personal, take a little bit more time, not just sign onto a movie because it's there. And have everything be from, you know, me and my passion and my ideas with my guys that I like to, you know, the comics and the Justice League I've formed around me. Mm -hmm. I'd rather work with those people and have something that, you know, may, you know, you know, either make it or not, but on our own uh, laurels. So I did want to stop a couple of times during that year, but uh, never, but only out of fear of getting back up there because that's what happens to us sure. when we're away for a little bit. But once I grabbed on that mic after one year, it was just, uh, you know, I was like, it was, it was on again. I think it's, it's that very few guys have been able to do that. I mean, most of the time people can't afford to take the year off. I, I always laugh when people go, why did somebody pick that movie? And I go, who would turn down a movie? You know what I mean? Like someone brought you a piece of shit movie and offered you millions of dollars. You'd be like, yes, the lottery. It's right. a movie. Yes. And then most people are like, what was he thinking? He was thinking he had a fucking movie. He was thinking that's a, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. And that also pays the rent. Yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah. You, you know, there is a time in your life where you just got to pay the rent. You know, yeah. And that's why early in the comedy career you're taking gigs like 
you know, I'm working at a place called the Rathskeller where uh, I'm standing on the roof of a hot dog stand <laughs> at, you know, 2 a.m. performing for college kids. Yeah. And that's to pay the rent. What's yeah. that? Ohio. Was that where that was? I'll never go back there. Yeah. Oh, thanks for reminding me. I... The Rathskeller. Can I just tell you quickly about that gig? This is, I'll make a long story short because I know it, it I, I did the gig. There was literally on the roof of a hot dog stand that they had me performing and <laughs> I don't know what was happening this year, but hot dogs were really popular because everybody was... During the show, they were walking under me. They didn't turn the hot dog stand off. They kept it as a functional hot dog stand. So people are like watching me as they're walking under. They're buying hot dogs, buying hot dogs. So I get up on the stage, and, or whatever, the roof of the, the hot dog stand, and it's a, it's a debacle. It's bad. It's, there's no lighting on the roof of the hot dog stand. They kept all the arcade games on in the back. Everything is like there's TVs on. People are playing pool and air hockey. They had air hockey but it was like the loudest air of air hockey it was like it was like a thrust and i'm up there and i'm, I'm basically uh, you know bombing or whatever comedy term i'm eating my own you know you know and um and about midway through i i like i demanded somebody turn off the arcade games i was like i was like i was like somebody needs to shut the games off and somebody flipped a switch um and when everything turned off everybody was so upset that i made them turn off that all of a sudden hot dogs started coming through the air <laughs> <laughs> so many hot dogs it was like the opening of Saving Private Ryan but with fucking hot dogs it's, oh I'm, 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 I'm back in it right now my therapy is this is where therapy sucks because I'm really in it again Ron and so I remember hot dog whizzed by my ear and then I remember I, I jumped and a hot dog went under me and a hot dog went under my armpit and like 50 hot dogs came out of the dark. Now I go back to my crappy little wherever I was staying. I don't even think they put me in a motel. I think I was like in a dorm or something like that with students like, and I remember laying in bed. Okay. This just goes to show like where your head's at as far as like how crappy my career was at that point. I'm laying in bed. And as I'm thinking about the, the gig that I just did, I smiled. I had a big smile on my face. And I remember saying to myself, ha ha, not one hot dog hit me. <laughs> Winner. <laughs> but I'm never going back there. Yeah. If I ever have to go back and play the Rathskeller again, I'm really done. <laughs> Pull my comedy license because I'm done, kid. And that, that's, that's, that's the beauty of it, though, is like there has been no one who's made it without doing those shitty gigs, you know? It's yep. like they will never say to a doctor, you have to operate on people that are really <laughs> not going to make it, I have know. two hearts, you know, you're going to be operating in a gas station, yep. but you have to do that when you're a comic. I just said backstage, I said to my publicist with me all day today, she's putting up with my craziness, and I said, if I had to go back and do the first 10 years of my comedy career again, or you could offer me to do brain surgery, I'd go brain surgery in a sure. heartbeat. You know, th those beginnings, man, it was, it was a lot of rough times, but fortunate. I have a feeling you'd really be up to try the brain surgery. Too. I'm kind of thinking <laughs> it might be interesting. I don't yeah, know. Maybe I think you pull it off. I think I could do it too. Yeah, I know about the cerebellum. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's near you the limbic plenty. system. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> and if the guy doesn't make it, don't pay you. What do you care? <laughs> Just give him a chance. That's all he wants. You you know, Jerry Lewis used to go in and watch surgeries all the time. He always talked about that. I, I had heard about that. I'm going to have yeah. to ask him if that, what, what was... Uh... He would go in, and like, there'd be open-heart surgeries, and he'd be like looking real close. Yeah. Like, Lady! You know, he's, just he's... so excited. 
I went to his show the other night again. Mm-hmm. He was, per, you know, he's still performing. He's still doing his. If you have a chance to see Jerry Lewis, uh, you know, he goes out. He does this. Uh, you know, he'll come out. He's eighty nine. He's been performing for eighty five years. Yeah, he's he's a he's a you're watching like he's he's a legend. He's a treasure, and so and he kind of walks you through those stories, and he shows these classic clips that you've never seen before with him and Dean, and talks a little bit about how he did what he did, and you know the guy's just it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. But you you never that bug really never leaves you. He's still you know, I said to him why eighty nine, and he's like I just have more to say. Right, and I'm like I get it. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, he and Dean together were probably. The most electric act oh. in history. And there's right down the street where the Hard Rock is, this is the old Paramount. And there's this picture of them hanging out the window with thousands of girls just going ape shit. Yes. You know, like, like they were the Beatles yeah. of their time. Do you think they ever played the Rathskeller? No. Oh, shit. No. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Although. No. <laughs> Killing me. Yeah. You, um,. So you found yourself in this position, but... We, we, that always sounds bad when you say is. that, right? That's well, a horrible way to start off. You found yourself in this position. How did you get there? How well, did you... so everything that was rough for you wasn't really career stuff. The career was going great. But then illness, life stuff happens. Uh, although you never set yourself up for a family member... You know, embezzling. Oh yeah. I mean, so that's got to feel like trail. Yeah, Yeah, it was, and that was on the, you know, on the heels of you know my parents. So it was like a one, two, three punch. How how do you even find out something like that? How do you? I was changing. I was moving my business out uh, to the West Coast. I bought a home there, and I, you know, called my. He's my half brother, but I called him up and I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, I need to do this right. I need to keep things on the up and up. So my business needs to be out of where I'm a residence of. And uh, he wasn't really interested in sending the file cabinet, so to speak. <laughs> and I, I didn't, you know, really think at first. I love my brother. I never yeah. had a really. We never had even a, a poor word to say about each other. Um, he was a seemingly just kind of like you know regular nice guy and when finally I demanded, you know, you got to send this stuff out, it, it all came to light. And it was, uh, yeah, it was just ugly. It was really uh, an unbelievable, you know, uh, it kind of like, I remember the day that it happened and turning to my then girlfriend and I was like, I think my brother stole like all my money. And I just remember her looking at me like, what? Yeah, I've never heard you talk about him like that. It was like an epiphany. It all just made sense. So I had to deal with that and go through the legal ramifications. And but I'll, I will tell you something, and and I don't care if it comes across as uh, you know corny or I was in dire straits that year. And I told my manager, I said, I'm going to put it, a tour together of these arenas because I did the HBO show, and I said, and I and I'm already you know commanding these large crowds. I said I'm going to book 80 arenas this year, and. Uh, and I had to pay for that. I actually, like most of these places, people don't realize I rented them myself. So I had to kind of go even further into what I felt was like the whole. And my fans saved my life. Because everything I did that year, I, I got back what I lost. I got my nest egg back. I paid, I kept the house that I just bought that I thought I was going to lose. And it's because of that year and, uh, that, that, connection that I had, you know, with, with my fans that I was like, I will never do something again that I don't feel is completely 
true and the best of what I can give to them to entertain people. So isn't that weird? It's kind of weird. It's like I wouldn't want that to happen again. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. But it gave me something that I didn't have before, you know, a deeper uh, gratitude. And so that's why Troublemaker is what it is. Because it's just all me, all passion from my heart. And I just want you to laugh your asses off for an hour and a half. That's all I want. But that's also interesting of what happens when bad things happen and the way you deal with it. Like you find out that there's more blessings than you imagine having, but you only know that because you didn't lock up, you didn't freeze or yeah. feel sorry for yourself. Yeah, no, no. Sometimes, you know, you got to get, uh, you know, the. It, it, I did a movie with Kevin Costner years ago called Mr. Brooks. And uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank yeah. you. No, I felt, I felt, uh, I felt yeah. like there was a, they didn't, there was a mental parry thrust within myself in the crowd they've all been drinking quite a bit i you guess guys, so yeah it's the nooners yeah it's all nooners and kevin costner said something really wonderful one day he said a lot of great stuff that, that's a smart man right there but he said uh, he saw that i was you know kind of heavy-hearted this was i was doing the movie in and around this whole time and he said let me tell you something man when you take big bites out of the universe the universe takes big bites out of you and i was like i'm gonna keep taking big bites out of the universe you know it's it's i'd rather be able to do that and uh uh, reach more people and have a little bit more fun uh, as long as you'll have me. And uh, so he, he says sometimes it's like a receipt for all the the good things that happen. Yeah, it's like, you know, uh, whatever. The pendulum does swing both ways. And I've yeah. been very fortunate. And then like anybody, I've had, you know, bad stuff happen. And so it's uh, it's no different from anybody else. Sometimes it may seem like because I'm in the spotlight. But truly, it's like I feel the same stuff anybody else does. And I know I just want to ultimately protect my family, protect my my home, and mm-hmm. get back to work and just do what I enjoy. That's all. And have a non-relative keep an eye on your money. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you my have money, an aunt. I keep you have my, an aunt that's doing it now. Yeah, it's, it's buried under a bush. It's very safe now. I've, I've got a little treasure map that I've made up. It's like, it's real security now. <laughs> you said you've been through this banking machine, and a lot of that has to do with... Stuff online and stuff you've had to deal with as well. Uh, I always see, for me, it's always you and John Mayer seem to be. (laughs) You, for anyone who's like not your fan, then you catch shit from people who aren't. We should go on tour together. You really should, because John Mayer's the same way. He's always the nicest guy, the funniest guy. Absolutely, big hit songs, and then you hear people they're just like, "Fuck John Mayer." You're like, "Where does that come from? What is that?" Because he has a hot girlfriend? I mean, what happened there? Uh, he does. So you yeah. know what? Fuck John Mayer. Yeah, he is. He does have a hot girlfriend. Yeah. I kind of hate him right now, too. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. It's starting to make sense. Yeah. <laughs> but you've had to deal with some, like, the people who aren't your fans. And your fans are... Sure. You've got as many fans as anybody's ever had doing stand-up. Right. But then... There's some kind of anger towards that from other people. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know if it was just coming up, you know, through the internet age that I was so people knew that they could, you know, get to me. I was right there. Mm-hmm. I was always, you know, kind of like in the matrix, so to speak, like hanging out with people. I don't know if that was alluring for. You know, the, the, it, it's a culture, hater culture. I don't right. know if that was like, like he's right in here with us, you know, and I can be anonymous and get shoulder to shoulder with him. I don't know if it was that. I don't know if it was because I was, I found success at a young age. I think sometimes that irks people. Um, and so maybe just those things coupled together, uh, I found myself as a target. Um, but some of it I understood as well because I was like, you know, riding down the street one day, seeing a billboard for something else I did, I was like, man, I'm, I'm sure people need a break from me because I honestly was tired of seeing my own face places. And I'm like, I can only imagine what somebody who doesn't know me and know my, my passion or drive 
Uh, so I never, I've never really fought it. I mean, that's the one thing you'll see about me. I never uh, was calling up morning DJs and trying to like, you know, send fiery arrows back at people. Yeah. Because I kind of, sort of enjoy it. Because <laughs> I was a very um, non-confrontational kid. I dealt with a lot of uh, social anxiety. I had like uh, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. I was always afraid of other. Um, kids in school i just had like this i just had uh, a lot of you know emotional stuff i had a phobic mom as well too so growing up like i think maybe just absorbing some of her phobias even when she was pregnant with me she was um uh you know what's that when you can't leave the house she dealt with that agoraphobic. Uh, yeah agoraphobic. so i think that i was just this sensitive kid and i never dreamed in a million years that i could be like a gunslinger type right. i was never going to be that guy who kicked in the saloon doors and people are going to be like he's back <laughs> but i like it and i like it for putting my business hat on it's gr- it's great to be discussed it's great to be um uh, controversial because then your fans are just so hearty and excited behind you. And then you've got, uh, you know, haters coming in and sometimes they're actually really entertaining. And some of the thing, you know, some of them are just, you know, batshit crazy, but then some of their stuff is actually like interesting and, and, uh, and kind of funny. So I always step back and just let that happen. It's not always the most enjoyable when your fans or your family are reading those things and seeing sure. it. But for me personally, I think that, uh, it's a route in my life i never thought i would uh be you know moving towards which is like wow i guess i'm i'm you know i'm kind of a um, a polarizing guy but that seems to keep things interesting and does it ever happen to you in life or is it just online and and places like that do people walk up to you a guy never first yeah. of all never 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 people i don't know people just won't be like that to your face but one time a guy actually walked me through this he goes he goes i want to tell you something man he goes i used to love you and then for a while, man, I really hated you. <laughs> and then I watched you again, and I kind of liked you. <laughs> and after this show tonight, man, I got to tell you, I'm back, man. <laughs> and I was like, well, I never went anywhere, so thanks. <laughs> it's so funny. It's kind of wild, man. Yeah. It's, it's okay, but I do really feel like it's all love, and it's, it's in some way or another. And one other you know, a quick story, if you have time sure. for it, is I, I, I had a... I've talked about like uh, in, in a past routine about I would get this letter from Anonymous and uh, this guy really cut me down to size and he would like write these uh, really caustic reviews of whatever I did. I could never do right by this guy. He would always write me from the same email address and it was scathing. It was like when, I, when, I, when it came into my inbox, even the, like the chime, I knew <laughs> it was instead of being like light and delightful, it was like ding. <laughs> and so this guy would always, uh, you know, he would just, you know, take me to task, and it was just everything, every reason I should quit, and why I was just horrible for comedy and bad for business and a bad human being and everything else. And after several years of back and forth, because I would try to get his goat and I would write Ooh. him and, and tell him why I was awesome or whatever it was, <laughs> and try to feel awesome. And this went back and forth for quite a bit, and then I ended up talking about him in, in one of my routines. I think I read one of the letters that he, and then he actually wrote a review about me reading his letter, and he just <laughs> tore me to shreds. But I'm not even kidding. It wasn't even from like, oh, he must have been like a comic who was like, he, it was, it was like, I have all these letters still. They are like, they're like, you would read them and be like, oh man, sorry. I'm sorry. Like, you know, just really personal, bro. Anyway, 
then a period of time came, I didn't get any letters from this guy. But I'd figured out what his Facebook was. Um, and I went to his Facebook page. I knew actually a couple of years before, but I went back to his Facebook page. And he, he passed away. Yep. All, all these people. Uh, this they feel bad. I know, right? <laughs> Look at this. Everyone. Oh. They didn't offer me when I said both my parents passed away they in nine months. I didn't even get one fucking off. <laughs> You sons of bitches. No more beers for these guys. Seriously. I, so, <laughs> that was great. That's life right there. Yeah. So, so I see his sister. Everybody's writing their condolences and stuff. And I see his sister's account on there, the same last name. So I wrote her. And I said, I'm really sorry that your brother passed away. You know, uh, he wrote me a lot of letters <laughs> for the last uh, eight years, nine days. And, you know... <laughs> And she wrote me back, and she said, first of all, um, that that's really sweet of you to uh, reach out like this. And second of all, my brother really hated you. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> and I think he would find reason to think this was as atrocious somehow. <clears throat> and it was, uh, I, I kind of miss the guy. I really sure. do. It's weird. He was a horrible human being to me. I just wonder what's on his tombstone. You know what I mean? Fuck Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Wrong. He just never let go. He never let go. Oh, he couldn't. I'm glad I brought him some enjoyment. Yeah. I think he really liked writing me those letters. So rest in peace, my friend. Or not my friend. Well, before the internet, you never would have found out who doesn't like you. Like, I'm sure... There were plenty of people that didn't like Johnny Carson. They just didn't watch his fucking show. Right. You know? Sure. Well, you know, yeah. there was no way to reach him. Nope. That's it. Know? Just turn, turn the, you know, turn the channel. And, yeah. and, and the thing is, too, it's like, you know, coming that era of like even before Internet and all that, it was, uh, you know, because the 90s was really not great for comedy. Remember, yeah. it was like, you know, the boom ended. It was oversaturated. There's a lot of people who thought they could do comedy. And there was just it was it was a weird terrain out there for a while. And it and, and it even made, you know, some great comics not stick to it because they just weren't getting the credit they they deserved. Um, so I was really happy once I stumbled upon the. The, the internet and, uh, and, and wanting to use it in the way that I saw these old punk bands using like flyers and putting them up on telephone poles. I was like, Oh man, okay. I could probably use this thing as like to find, you know, like a grassroots following and I'll just digitally do what the posters are stapled to the, the telephone pole and I will shake everybody's hand one instant message at a time and send them a link and try to get them into my stuff. Uh, and that was, that was really how it started. I remember my first, you know, fan writing me. I still have the. Fr I still have all. I have every email anybody's ever sent me. I keep everything. I have every letter. I have uh, you know fan letters. I have military. I've always corresponded with our, our troops, and and I have all those back and forths. I have uh, you know haters. Yeah. <laughs> I have if if you find me dead, start with these people here <laughs> folder. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's been fascinating, but I have those first you know initial uh, correspondence, and those were the ones that made me think like. Well, okay, I got five more fans on a Tuesday than I did yesterday, and I did it sitting in my underwear eating Fruit Loops, uh, you know, waiting 23 hours to go on stage for nine people at, uh, you know, two in the morning. I think I'll stick to, stick to this. Was there a point where you just started to see it working, that the people were coming out again or bringing friends or... 
Was that a gradual or was it a tipping point? I did. There was, I really, uh, I had gone, there was a place in Houston called The Laugh Stop. I went to The Laugh Stop in uh, 2000 and they had the, uh, they had a DAT recorder and that was like, you know, the state of the art technology for recording audio. And I asked them, can I, can I bring, you know, some DAT tapes or whatever down? And I recorded this set and I went home and I had a friend who worked at uh, Premier Radio and we used to sneak in on the weekends so I could, uh, fashion together this this set, and we put this whole set together. And uh, then I listened to it. And I was like, "Man, there's too many, uh, too many." Uh, I, I can swear, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, "There's too many fucks." Uh, and, and so I go, "Can we cut some of those out?" And so then we went and like meticulously like remove because it was so many. Once we put it together, it was distracting. And so we took a bunch of those out. And this ended up being harmful or swallowed. This was my first uh, album, and I sold it, you know, out of my trunk, and I sold it at shows, and that got around college campuses. And then I remember the next year going, and instead of, oh, you're gonna play, you know, the whatever the Rathskeller, you're gonna be in like the in the cafeteria, you know, in the middle of noon, they'd be like, oh, like fifteen hundred people want to come see you. How did you do that? You're not on television. You're not on. You're not on Saturday Night Live or whatever. And that's when I knew. I was like, this internet thing, it's my secret path, man. I'm going to, I'm going down underneath while everybody's <laughs> up there trying to, you know, figure it out. I'm, I'm going to stick down here underground style. I love that you stole all the production for it, too. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Sneaking into places. Yeah, that was Editing it. fast. Yeah, you know, and I came up with Harmful of Swallowed, the title, because while we were editing, I went to use the bathroom one day and, and there was like a little kind of like all the uh, solvents and everything. And mm-hmm. on the shelf in front of me was a, a dangerous solvent and said harmful of swallowed and so i went back in i was like i got the title <laughs> so you even stole that from him that's it everything came out of that that uh, tiny little crappy radio station well then there became that time where people decided yeah he is legitimate and you did get to do saturday night live I and did. always remember that you were you going out your monologue must have been the longest in history i mean you did a real big Piece of stand up. Yeah, Lauren Michaels was, uh, he was pretty adamant about me doing stand up when I finally did the show. He, he was like, I want you to do stand up out there. I wanted to do the sketches and whatever, sing a crazy song. You know, they always kind of do something with the, with the, that, you know, awesome cast. And I, he was like, no, I want you to do stand up and I want you to really dig in and do something that, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's really you. You're, you know, bring out your edgiest, you know, and have a lot of fun. He was, he was so, uh, he he was he was really wonderful with me. I felt immediately like uh, like he was going to protect me, uh, whatever I was about to do out there. And I think I ended up doing a a, a pretty. I did a bit about suicide. That was mm-hmm. like real. The network was not. They came into my dressing room and slammed the door. They were like, "You're not <laughs> doing that material!" <laughs> like screaming at me. And uh, you know, Lauren Michaels was just like, you know, I'll take care of it. I got it. And he really protected me. Allowed me to go out there and do something that was. Um, of the show and especially of the past performers that were on there. So I would say in my life that that, uh, you know, if you took away my, my comedy entertainment license today, I could always say, man, I got to do SNL. And very few people got to, to host that show from a stand up position. You know? And six months earlier, I, I had a conversation with Lauren Michaels here in New York. And I said, uh, because we talked about me possibly joining the cast the way Billy Crystal yeah. had done is almost like a stunt year or something like that. We were bouncing around ideas. And I, I said to him during that meeting, I go, I go, I go, Lauren, let me host. And he goes, no, 
Absolutely not gonna <laughs> not gonna happen. I go, why? You used to have Carlin and Pryor and you know Steve Martin and, and all these guys and he was like, you know, he just he was like, nope, it's not that show now and you know it, it's and I, you know okay, that's it's your gig. And then Retaliation came out, and when it hit number four on the Billboard charts, he called me. I was in my hotel room in Vegas getting ready for the Vegas Comedy Festival. Picked up the phone. He goes, hey, it's Lauren Michaels. I go, what? And he goes, you're hosting Saturday Night Live. Wow. And it was like, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh. That's amazing, though. It's amazing. Yeah. it's uh, You know, there's definitely some uh, some dream come true moments that have, uh, yeah. you know, been in here along the way. And all I'm about now, man, is I want to help other people find that. I want to help other artists to keep that integrity, to not, uh, you know, that's why I'm talking about these young guys that I get to, you know, uh, you know, I don't, I don't like advice. I don't give advice. I don't mm-hmm. tell you how to do anything, your act or whatever. It's like you find that yourself. But I will help you to protect yourself off stage so everything you do on there is fucking yours and not some manager whispering this is what gets you the deal or the tv show or you shouldn't wear those uh you know those pants or like no 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 no. whatever you're feeling at the time even if it's you know the wrong thing you got to learn that on your own as Mm -hmm. a performer so that's you know I, i like being able to take these things that i've done and accomplished and hopefully turn them into something good to watch somebody else uh get up at bat is that something you always knew you wanted to do, or yep. is this something just coming around? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I did. You know, I, my my dad growing up was a. Uh he, he was a he was a tough son of a bitch. He he was a bit of a ham, uh, and he had a, you know he had a good sense of humor. But he was always um, he always had like lumber companies and businesses like window businesses. He always had some new business going, and I was uh, I was intimidated by him because I never thought I had a I never thought I could do business. I actually thought I was just like oh I can just be funny, but. He, I, you know, he went to BC. He was just a really bright guy, and I, I just, I didn't think I could compare to this. Uh, he was an enormous figure to me, and uh, but I remember having a conversation with him one day, and where I knew that we were connected was he was like, he was like, uh, he had a window business. He was like, "Dang, come here, come outside. I want to show you something." And he goes, "Look at my sign." He goes, "The sign I painted," and he goes, "It's orange and white." You know why it's orange and white? I said, no. And he goes, "Look at the other signs all the way up and down the street. I look around the signs." And I go, "I don't get it." And he goes, "They're all blue." They're going to see my sign. And he loved self-promotion and he loved protecting ideas. Uh, and I knew right away that's, uh, you know, he had a, he had a, a nightclub called the one, two club. And, uh, cause he was a former boxer and he, he said, ding, ding, you know why? Look at this. You know why I have these, uh, little hassocks, like those little short seats? He goes, you know why I have these hassocks instead of the stools? I go, why? And he goes, because the girls sit down in their skirts and then the guys come in because they know where this is where the legs are at, if you know what I'm saying. So he always was thinking of a way to brand. And he said to me one day, the words I'll never forget, Dane, nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. And in doing that, I just want to be able to impart and to help other people to figure out how do you feel like you can attract a crowd that will then attract a crowd. That's kind of like what I want to do for the next you know, phase of my life is figure out how to help other people keep that, you know, it's important for me to see that as a fan of some of the, you know, these are funny, you know, people that I see and and, and I want to, I don't know, I'd like to be able to help them with what I've, you know, garnered and, and be able to kind of, you know, see if I can help them figure it out too. It's also strange that you're now a bridge from the guys that you knew. Oh, I thought I was really a bridge somewhere. No, you're a bridge, yeah. Oh, I was going to be like, they named a bridge after me? <laughs> yeah. No, wow. but you're a bridge between those older comics like <laughs> Cosby and Lewis and all them and these younger guys. You know, there's not there's not too many guys that have hit those kind of heights that you've had. Cosby's 
going out and played the big places. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, I listen. I, I, I've uh, I've had that you know opportunity you know in working on Troublemaker to I've had to really look back on a lot of stuff you know to figure out like what I want to hone and uh, a lot of appreciation for what I've been l- lucky, fortunate, and you know worked my butt off to do, um, but. Having had a chance to sit with a Bill Cosby, you know, I got to meet Bill Cosby. He was hosting Letterman one night when Letterman was sick. I was the comic, and uh, and Bill Cosby came into my dressing room. We got to sit, and you know, I got to I got to meet my heroes. I got to work with a lot of these. Uh, Robin Williams. I was you know hanging with the Laugh Factor in the Laugh Factory with him, and uh, he was gracious enough to you know talk to me a little bit. And you know, I I, I feel like I learned from the best. I got to you know, really uh, toil around in the background and watch the best of the best do what they do. And the fact that I'm in any way, um, you know, in tandem with that is, uh, I'm very grateful, very grateful. Robin was one of those guys who got to do everything. Yeah, he did. And he also, you know, if you met him, he was he was kind of like slight. There was something very, uh, you know, fragile almost about him. Mm-hmm. I remember standing next to him. And I'm not even kidding you. I watched him at the Laugh Factory one night. He came in and he was just he was very, you know, uh, timid and, you know, to himself and just he very, just again, small. But when he hit the stage, he grew. I'm telling you, he got bigger. He he got he was physically. I'm like looking. I'm like, is this like an illusion? What is he? He was big. He got big, and he filled up that entire room. You know, it's uh, he was an incredible, incredible uh, performer. And uh, you know, I dedicated the special to him. And actually, you may have seen that at the end. Yeah. My special is dedicated to Robin Williams. Well, you know, you talked about you being an anxious kid. He was an anxious, shy kid, and a lot of people cannot believe that when they see you or he perform because there's so much energy and so much confidence uh, well being he, you know, thank you but being on stage uh, you know something clicks yeah. in in a performer you know whatever that uh, you know uh, that other side of them can come out but i will tell you i could stand in front of you know 20,000 people i can play an arena and I feel fine, but when I walk back to that meet and greet, and my manager's like, "You got twenty five people in there," I'm like, "Okay, twenty five, twenty five. Okay, is everybody nice? Are they all nice? Is everybody like gonna?" <laughs> I still, I'm still yeah. that kid, man. It's like I'm not shy like I used to be. I can, you know, uh, put myself together, but uh, yeah, that stuff never goes away. It's still kind of always in there when you're before you hit the, you know, the the, the white hot spotlight brings it out of you. Yeah. Man. And you know, when you were bringing up about that hole, I, I'm, I guess that was Robin's thing too. I guess there was something, whatever that emptiness is that, you know, well, I was, fortu- I was fortunate enough to talk to Rick Overton, who is really, really good, good Great. friends with uh, Robin. And I had him up to the house recently just to, you know, hang with the guy. Cause I obviously know how hard he took it. And you know, that's what he was talking about. He's like, you know, that, uh, you didn't really see it coming. Um, you know, you, we, we all have our, you know, our issues. It's kind of what makes some performers tick is, uh, I think Jason Reitman, I just, he was do, uh, advertising his uh, new film, and I said, why, why Sandler? He put Sandler, and he said, because uh, comics know trauma, and trauma is drama. And, uh, it, you know, if you can get a great performance, and obviously Robin Williams, so many, the performance is right in the eyes. He allowed us to see that side of him. Have you seen uh, Reitman's uh, movie, Men, Women, and Children? No, I want to see it. He, uh, there's a scene that Sandler plays anxious, laying in bed, and... It's almost too painful to look at. You're like, he knows what that place is like. Yeah. Yeah. I think we, yeah, we definitely, we do. 
We yeah. do. We all have that in common. You know, we know what it's like to be. There's a lot of sacrifice in this in this career and uh that's why i always tell people you know you support live comedy keep going to those clubs because those young guys uh, trust me they're they're scared man they're out there hoping that they're going to find their fans even if it's just to be able to make a living for themselves and to come across to somebody to connect with somebody so i say what i always said which is you know get out to those clubs and tell somebody you, you like them comics need to hear it don't be yeah. afraid even though we might skulk away and be like oh yeah thanks no, 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 no. Trust me. It, it matters. Write your, write your local comic and let them know <laughs> if there's a piece of material you dig. Trust me. Um, vulnerability always plays into that, I think. And when you did Louie, when you did that show with Louis C.K., and there was uh, the performing that you guys did where we couldn't tell how much was true and how much was performing was really... A television highlight. Oh, I mean, thank it was really, you. really great. Thanks. Yeah, Louis. That's all written. That was all written by Louis. Uh, I think some people think maybe we imp- improvised it or uh, were off the cuff, but it was verbatim. It's what he wanted us to talk about, and I was I was totally down to you know to come in and participate with that. But that was all his point of view then. That is true. Yes. So you would have to say at some point. Are you trying to drum something up here, no, Ron? No, just... Oh, boy. Because there's an episode that I'd like to write <laughs> yeah, right. and put Louie in a scene. <laughs> right. right. I just performed with Louie, too, uh, the last couple of weekends down at the Comedy Cellar. And, I, I, I you know, he's I've always loved Louie. And mm-hmm. he's, uh, you know, it was uh, kind of a strange period. And it, and it became everybody's, even though that was something that normally two comics would hash out. Uh, if that was an issue at the back of a club somewhere on sure. any given night, you'll see two comics being like, dude, I do a bit about so-and-so. <laughs> uh, it just, it was, I think it was so new for the internet to be able to chime in and have a say that when he called and finally was like, yeah, this is like ours to own. And I think we should put it to bed. I was, I was really uh, excited to finally be able to have that moment with him. It, it was, it was exciting. You know, that's uh, I'd like to work with him again in another capacity, just seeing how he directed and, and what he came up with that day. Were you surprised in, in the in the way that he drove? I mean, it was one thing to see it, but another thing to be there with him. Uh, yeah, it, it was probably another factor, even into Troublemaker. When I see comics, uh, you know, at the at the helm of their own creativity, it uh, it's really enticing, and it uh, it's it's something that. Um, I, you know, I, even that day, it was like, even though we were, you know, dealing with something that was seemingly a heavier, you know, topic, truly I was sitting there watching how he worked with his crew and, uh, the respect that was there, you know, vice versa. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just admired that he was doing that. And, you know, it's a testament. The show is, the show is what it is because well, it's I also fluid. think, and again, I mean, what you brought to that, though, what you were willing to do, and I do agree with you that right. it's never fair to play <laughs> one person's point of view, right? But, but at that point, it also it didn't matter. It was so yeah. like it so it was so uh, it was like an amoeba at that point. There were so yeah. many different opinions and takes, and it was so far from really what it was that uh, it, it it wasn't like this has to be exactly how you and I feel. It really was just about putting us together and yeah. allowing us to have closure in some way. And I, I thought it was brilliant or I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think it was something that was really uh special, especially for, for television. Well, you know, like we talked about the guys that you start with, those are the guys that you measure yourself against forever for good or bad. You know, those are the yeah. guys that you're like, 
I know Robert Kelly is a friend of yours, and oh, yeah. there's things popping for him now, which is just great. But it's always like those are the guys that you're kind of always looking at of from the side of your eyes, too. Yeah, yeah. No, you're, it's uh, this thing in comedy. It's it's competitive. Yeah. You know, you're always checking out the guy next to you in the lane next to you, and uh, you know, part of you is going like, especially comics, like, how come he got that? And why can't I do that? Right. You know, it's it's there's a lot of you know, woe is me, and uh, you know, it's it's it can be frustrating, and yet we're I think that at the end of the day, anytime a comic succeeds especially like louis and that that was going to be great for every comic because the right. success of that show was going to make more suits upstairs who really don't have much of an idea go well i guess comics know what to do with themselves yeah so when you see a comic have a breakthrough moment like that and whether it's been you know seinfeld or you know however many comics have, have been able to roseanne and, and you know it goes on and on then that's that's great for comedy business right there well you um you you're directing, producing, and all, and I'm dancing. Yeah, you're dancing, you're singing, <laughs> you're writing books, you're painting. It ne- it's just it just flows from you now. Uh, but that's that's part of the fun of this, right? It really is. Yeah, it's just trying something you know new and uh, and finding the opportunity and the people that uh, you know get behind you and go. You know what? We you know we like your voice. Right. We want to help you too. Again, like I'm talking about with some of these young comics, like we want to help you to protect that. So I think with Troublemaker, um, I hope you forget all of this. My goal is that you see none of it. I mm-hmm. want it to be that you just are laughing, and then I will know that I uh, aesthetically and all the other little you know things that I tweaked um, will that. That'll be uh, very rewarding that you say like, oh, I didn't yeah, really care about any of that. I just thought it was funny. Well, that means I executed it in a way that, uh, you know, connected with people at home. Well, the first time in four years, just like when the Olympics roll around every four years, <laughs> Dane Cook, everybody. There he oh, is. Right. Troublemaker. Showtime. Thank you so much, Dane. Thanks, that was great, buddy. Thank you. You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand.